bowels of One Half Radio Plaza at Life Media Studios. Hello, folks. Welcome back to Real Country Radio. We don't play nothing but real country music. Coming up now, we're going to start off the set with... In the morning. Everybody's doing it. Pull you up a chair and listen to this. Episode of Sidetrack. Heard all year long here on Pulling Radio Network, brought to you by Dirty Hooker Diesel and Diesel Free. I think it's a pretty fitting song for us to come in with this week. Yeah. There's going to be uh, There's going to be one hell of a fucking rant. It's going to be some slapping back on the whack. That's for sure. <laughs> really? It's, how long did it take you to think that one up? I just happened to hear it when we were playing the song. <laughs> Bad day already around here. Oh, fuck that shit. I am primed, ready to go. If you, if you got me on Facebook, we're recording, of course, on Wednesdays, and uh, the old 6-5 done pissed me off. And, uh, yeah, you're going to hear me go off about fucking diesel trucks right now. Just wait till the end of the show for that one, because it's going to be a full-blown, probably half-hour rant, because yeah. I am done with the whining.
course, birthdays, obits. We do, unfortunately, we do have a couple there. Yep. One directly pulling and related, another one just a legend of motorsports. Now we got Charles searching his head. I'm sure it came on my radar and then it just as easily. Rev Chef left. posted it uh, Saturday morning. It didn't help. <laughs> Sorry, Rev, he doesn't pay attention yet. No. Don't worry, your son does. <laughs> and we'll be back after a word from these sponsors. Dirty Hooker Diesel is your full-size diesel performance specialist in Harbor Beach. We're Michigan's final authority on anything performance and replacement related. Specializing in diesel performance parts and accessories for Duramax, Cummins, and Powerstroke diesel engines. From custom-built transmissions and engines to CP3 pumps and injectors. Check them out at DirtyHookerDiesel.com. Hi, this is Tony Burkett, owner of Dirty Hooker Diesel. We are a full-service repair facility that can handle any task from stock to modified, big or small. So give us a call, 989-479-0444. Dirty Hooker Diesel, the final authority on everything performance and replacement. And we're back with Sidetracked here on Pulling Radio Network, powered by DHD all year long. Your Duramax specialist located up in Harbor Beach. Make sure you check out Tony Burkhardt and the gang for all your Duramax needs. Once again, that's Dirty Hooker Diesel. And we also need to give a shout-out and a thank you to Wade and Ryan alone at dieselfreak.com. If you are in the market for some custom tuning for better power, performance, or fuel economy, whether it's in the field or on the freeway, check out dieselfreak.com. Also, our friends over at LaserRx, your laser hair removal. Don't worry, no one of us have signed up for it. but uh, Not yet. Not yet. I, we're looking at getting my unibrow done, if we can get it on a good uh, budgetary uh, time. Because, well, let's face it, these eyebrows, this Groucho Marx looks at them and says, dude, you got to calm that shit down. <laughs> so, uh, once again, a great shout-out to Wendy and the gang over at LaserRx. Uh, you need some uh, laser hair removal done, get a hold of them. Uh, of course, you find them on our Facebook uh Go right on their Facebook also, LaserRx, right located north end of Port Huron. So thanks to all our sponsors so far. I know we got a couple more coming uh, along the line here. and Hopefully. Definitely. If the man with the hat uh, gets back into the shop ever and actually does some work. And when he gets back from his June vacation, <laughs> all he, of it. Yeah, yeah. It, it, he's got the most laid-back schedule out of anybody. He makes us look like we, we work hard. Fuck it. <laughs> Oh, a lot on the docket here today. Of course, late limited super stock schedule is going to be discussed. Uh, we never got a chance to recap Peck, so we can recap nope, that. Can uh, that. Michigan Minis got their kickoff. Uh, the legendary diesel event mm-hmm. out in uh, Centerville, Michigan. That was a good event out there. And yeah, that's, part of that's going to... What the hell am I doing with my finger? I just like started something wow. so damn bad. <laughs> Don't photo edit. Well, uh, well... Uh, Okay, there we go. I, I, I right. did that. I was I was getting worried there. Get to the point. <laughs> Looked like a bunch of. F- Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. 
Yeah, so uh, actually going to have a guest calling in today, and we're going to pick his brain on some stuff. We're going to come at you with a little bit of uh, talk about uh, drag racing and uh, certain female drag racers yep. from Funny Cars who uh, kind of let it all hang out on the line, gave us a real-world experience type of interview that I think uh, we need a little bit more of out there. And, uh, you know, there's people out there who say calling out lady pullers is a sexist thing. Well, I, I don't think so. I'm highlighting what a great thing they are to have in the sport and make sure they get the recognition for what they're doing in a very male-dominated sport. And We'll get in more into that later because I actually talked to some people. And uh, one, actually, you'll find really interesting who gave gave me a little insight on some stuff. And uh, not, not nobody you would ever expect to give you an opinion on something like that. So, and I don't know who it is. So, I'm, no, I'm, you, you really, this will, I'm as interested now as anybody you. else. But, uh, so that's it for the news. Of course, uh, Shed and Ontario are going to be kicking off the Light Limited Super Stock Tour. Of course, again, this year, Shed and Ontario co sanctioned Empire State Tractor Pullers, so PPL State, state Level, Western New York Pro Pullers, and Southwestern Ontario Tractor Pullers are going to be kicking off their season there as well for a combined event. Always a good time down in Shedden, just outside uh, London, Ontario, right on the 401. So if you're from that area and listen to our show, uh, make sure you get over there, check it out. Always an amazing event. I know, Charles, you were over there yeah. last year with us. It's a good, good, damn good haul. Good facility, good turnout. Um, that's, a, that's a fun one to be at. Yeah, absolutely. And then, uh, of course, Saturday, uh, the 17th, we're going to be going right up to Dungan, Ontario, to continue the on Canadian action going on um, with the Dungan and Super Bowl. Uh, the Adams family, uh, of course. Uh, dun 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 dun. <laughs> dun dun dun. Of course, the Rustins and the entire gang up there for putting that one on. Another great event. Two tracks, a lot of classes. Co-sanctioned Ontario Truck and Tractor Pulling Association. Did you say Doug Rustin? Yeah. If you're half of the bag, then it doesn't seem to matter. <laughs> <laughs> that that drop just won the year right there. <laughs> <laughs> That's our first official guest uh, drop. Our first now. guest drop. Yep. That, there that will be perfect. more. There will be more. Uh, hopefully, Ryan can get us some material this week. <laughs> but uh, Great, great pull up there with Southwestern Ontario. Also, great, great festivities up there, so make sure you check them out. Also, uh, Mid-Michigan Mini Tractor Pullers have their second event for the year in Snover, Michigan. Uh, if you don't know where that is, don't worry. Most no people up there does, really but a uh, great little event up there. will be at the Gertzenberger Household. They got their track up there in Snover. Uh, go on, check them out. Uh, always a great time with the mini guys. Everybody has fun. Nobody whines, complains. It's just a good old clean, fun time. So, uh, of course, uh, Thumb Tractor Pullers going to have their event in Carsonville. Uh, Two-day two event. This year, yeah. Yep. Friday, Saturday. Six o'clock start both nights. Yep. So make sure you check that out. The Lions do put on a hell of a good event there. And yeah. That's a long, long time event that went away for long for a while, but that at one point was an NTPA event. So. Yeah, and that track's been there, I don't know, 30 plus years, easily probably closer to 40 years. They don't do anything else on it. It's strictly a pulling track. Yep. Um, very downhill too. It's kind of unique in that sense. They actually have to. My tractor actually blows the horn on that track. Yeah, the sled. <laughs> Jim Storm, operator of the sled, he will sit on the starting line with the brakes on because if he doesn't, the thing's just going to start rolling. Yep. So uh, make sure you check that out. I believe uh, West Michigan Pullers getting their start this weekend, or uh, they're in Muskegon, I think, or was that last weekend? I, Muskegon. Shame on me for not knowing. I don't have a schedule. Sorry, Jared. Fire us. 
That's all I got to say about it. He's a 2-5 puller now, so he'll whine and complain. So. Oh, boy. Oh, don't worry. That's just the tip of the iceberg. It's it's game on today. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not I'm not pulling any punches today on this. I am just fired right up, and I don't give a fuck today. So, But that's going to come on later on the program. Oh, you're angry. Yeah, yeah, I am. So uh, with that, I think that's all we got for the news coming up. Uh, lots of events going on. I mean, we're, we're in full-blown pull yeah, mode it's now. Time. It's time. It's, it's game on. Uh, so hope to see more people out. Uh, Peck, we, we, yeah, we do have to recap Peck here in the news. Great turnout there. Probably the best turnout I've seen for Peck in a long time. Yeah, you know what? Actually, since we're, let's talk about it right now. Yeah, um, no, this shows This show's going to have actually two rants. Oh, good, good. We said when we started this program, we were going to name names and call people out. And I think every instance so far, that's been actually for bad shit. But not today. Uh, I'm going to have a mini rant uh, on the TTPA and the season opener in Peck, and it's a good rant. My hat's off to everybody. There was no first-of-the-season cobwebs. There was no fiddle farting around. Nobody was rusty. Everybody was on top of their game for the most part, ready to pull. They were in line early. And on time, uh, I think I only had to call for people once or twice. You know, we were ready to go and turn hooks pretty fast. There was some new iron out. The association is making the right moves by bringing a fat tire class back with the mods. Um, I, I think Thumb is in a good position starting off the 2017 season, better than I've seen them be in probably in the last five years. So uh, credit where it's due. Uh, this is a good rant. Hats off to the Thumb guys, the pullers and, and, and the board there for making some right moves during the offseason and getting their shit together to start a season. No, absolutely. I mean, there's some minor issues there. And you know what? We we do name names that, but there's some we do not do because, well, this is our career. This is all we do for a living now. On top of uh, AP Performance Engineering, which will be You're hearing more coming of very soon. quick. Actually, starting Monday, we yeah. launch that. So on top of everything else we do, so... I guess we can make our own commercial for that too. It's kind of cool. Yes, we can. And we don't. Do we have to pay ourselves to do it? No. <laughs> I don't even have to do anything. I just got to cut it together. I even got videos to back up my point. There you go. So, uh, <laughs> so no, we got. Uh, it, it was a great pull up there. Once again, the Lions up there. Great event as always. They are probably some of the most gracious hosts we have. Yeah. Um, and take care of us, and you know. That, that's the big thing a promoter who wants to take care of the announcer and make sure we put on a good show for them and they want to make sure we're happy because when we're happy it, it reflects into the crowd yep they were on the track early working it early it was a different peck than we've ever seen before um we, yeah it was a weirdo track as far as the good well, line. It was the first year they didn't have uh water yeah to it, deal with yeah it didn't it finally quit raining yeah, yeah. And now to now here we are today. Who to thunk it? You know, whatever. Twelve, fourteen days later, Jesus, when's it gonna rain again? <coughs> yeah, no. I mean, we can look out the front window of the studio here, and the median, I guess, is what you call it between the boulevard between the sidewalk and the street. You can already see it's brown it and dust brown. over because there's not much grass there. Did you get any rain here today? No, I didn't get an inch. We, we got a nice soaker over in Romeo. For we were an hour. we were supposed to. I've been waiting on it. That's why I didn't mow my front lawn and. I finally mowed it tonight, but yeah, no, we need rain, but uh, well, I think about that, prayers out to our friends out in western New York, all the farmers out there, Um, got to talk to Mr. Fair and Redding, um, and they are drowning in water right now. Uh, Yeah, I've heard Um, that, yep. I was talking with Fair, and they were just this week getting in, putting in corn, of course, heavy dairy operations over there, Um, 
they're down 84 day corn versus 97 it. plus. So I believe their their hope they go we're mudding it in and we're gonna have to mud it out because they're looking at green chopping for silage probably in October at this point. Yeah. I'd... So uh, tough tough way to go over there. They had a great great year last year, but uh, things not good over there. So. Just like the farmers we had, you know, down Illinois, Indiana, Missouri, who got flooded out. Some guys are on their 4-3 plant down there, you know. It's an much expensive as, way to do that. Yeah. I mean, actually, when I talked to Farron, he said, uh, I talked to him on Saturday. Sunday was the point they could call and just ask for their check for the crop insurance. Uh, well. But he goes, we can do that, but we still got to feed the livestock. He goes, we're not cash crops. So If everybody bitching about the uh, shitty corn prices, I think we can turn that around this summer. Yeah, no, definitely give prayers because as much as people bitch about GMOs and that, you know, if these are people's livelihoods, and if you don't think it affects you, look at the prices now and then look at the prices of the grocery store here in about three, four months when crops start coming off and you're going to see a skyrocket. Oh, I, I like money. Yeah, yeah, so uh, thoughts and prayers to all the farmers out there right now. Some some really, really struggling to uh, make the income for this year. So Yep. Next stop, uh, let's do our obituaries. Uh, yeah, do we have to? Yes, we have yes, to. Yes, we have to. Uh, first one, not necessarily a puller, but I know there's many pullers out there with his components on their vehicle. Mr. Vic Edelbrock Jr. passed away this past I think Friday night, Saturday. I saw it Saturday morning. Saturday morning is when I started seeing so, uh, information about Condolences it. to the Edelbrock family. And, of course, if you don't know who Vic Edelbrock Jr. is, you obviously shouldn't be listening to this show because uh, the Edelbrock name is, though some people have discredited it in years now because there's a lot of other companies out there, but probably one of the biggest innovators out there. Very early on, Whether yeah. it's sm- flathead Fords or small block Chevrolets, you know, just – Easy bolt-on power adders that uh, the average Joe can afford. So His father's shop, along with Bruce Crower's place and the camp grinders in Southern California, are really the ones who started the automotive aftermarket business. I mean, yeah. SEMA and all that really grew out of what Vic Edelbrock Sr. did, and Jr. certainly carried the flag very well. It's a flourishing company, and some people, to your point, don't like that because they seem to be buying everybody else out, but... Well, that's the world well, we live in. Well, you look MSDs under them, you know, I mean. That's the world we live in today. I'm sorry, it's just the way But it you is. look at the names that are being delivered, Edelbrock is still giving you a very quality product at for the price. price. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's not going to be your one-off specialty shop anymore, but you know what? For your average street ride out there, and even for a lot of the performance guys, there's still a lot of stuff they can utilize across the different power, li- power lines. I mean, we and blowers, you know. The list goes on with names underneath the Edelbrock mm-hmm. company, and uh, condolences to the family. I mean, you know, Vic Jr. was very influential. More once you got into the small block power plants, you know, growing the company from there, from where Senior had it. So, and he was a presence. He was an advocate for what they were doing. Uh, yeah, he absolutely. got involved in the political side of things, and and you know, SEMA really drives that. But he was a face out there advocating on behalf of the industry and the hobby. Um, because really, yeah, it's an industry for them, but for the rest of us, it's largely a hobby. So you know, he he was an asset to the, to what was going on. Whether you like like the business practice or not, you can't hate what he was doing because it made everything better. Nope. So uh, once again, condolences to uh, Vic Edelbrock Jr.'s family. And uh, next one, unfortunately, is one that hits uh, much closer to home for us. Thumb tractor pullers. Uh, mm-hmm. Lost another six farm puller again this year. That's three in a year, basically. Another year, one of the good year ones. A, year Within and eight, a half. 18 months, yeah. Um, 
Mr. Uh, Herb Markath passed away, uh, pulled a 560 farm all and a 3010 John Deere for many years with TTPA in the six farm Past class. champion in six farm yep. with, the, with the 3020. Yep. So, uh, of course, uh, Jason Hale's grandpa, Jason's still one of the top pilots out there as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. In the seat of any pulling tractor you put him in. Uh, calm, cool, collected, and just a great overall driver. You'll find Marcath family members involved in the sport of pulling in this area just about anywhere. Farm stocks, garden tractors, heavy yep. presence uh, yep. on the on the board with Farm the Armada Fair. So, yeah, they're, they're a very prominent family in the sport in this area. So, uh, of course, our condolences to the Marcath family. I know it's been... Probably a year and a year or two since I've seen herbs. So probably at least a couple of years because every the last I want to say probably actually I had to I was surprised I had to go back into my photo archives back to I think it was two thousand seven to actually find a picture that I had taken of him. I know he'd been out since then. Yeah, but in recent years it's been you know grandson Jason Hale doing the driving with yeah, both and machines that's and basically only been at uh, Armada. Armada, he would come out for Deckerville here and there and Elkton once in a while. But, uh, so, you know, yeah, Herb himself hadn't been around as much. But, uh, yeah, sad to hear about that. Uh, that news came through on Sunday night. So, uh, like we say always, get a hold of us. Uh, uh, sidetracked on Facebook. Let us know if there's anybody who's got a birthday shout-out or in remembrance of uh, in the polling world uh, or motorsports in general because we are branching out. You are going to hear more from Redline as we're uh, Charles and I both are kind of diversifying what we're doing with announcing. Yeah. UCC's really helped spur that on, but uh, it's going to be growing quite a bit here uh, on what we're covering. So uh, I'm looking forward to forward to it. I love polling; it'll always be number one for me. But there's been a couple, well, really one other form of motorsport I want to do, get behind the mic and do, and so I'm looking forward to that coming coming online. Probably not this year, but next year we'll see. So uh, next uh, next thing on our list is probably the more fun one, our birthdays. Yes. So first up on the list, uh, I think, yeah, well, we, we'll, let's compare our notes here. Your screen's a lot bigger than mine. That's what she said. <laughs> we got to get the uh, Michael uh, Scott drop uh, from the office for that. Oh, I'll have to find that one. Yep. But uh, first one, the only one I actually have for... Uh, for today, Thursday, but we're recording on Wednesday. We know we, if you haven't listened to the show and haven't figured out our schedules are all fucked up, then I'm uh, listening to you no more. Exactly, I'm. That's fine. Whatever. Checks are in the mail. They're gonna bounce. I don't care. But uh, Mr. Uh, Shannon Pop, yes. turning forty-three. Happy birthday to him. Modified driver from Ohio, Dwayne Fort Recovery, Ohio. Dwayne Bergman is forty-four. The Allison guy. And that's all I had, and then of course Friday we got. Uh, good. Miss Laura Guthrie, which you've never met her. I no. got to meet her down in Gordyville, but everybody in Gordyville sees her and is impressed with what she does. That's our big end hook girl. Oh, yes. Who throws yeah, the hook. Okay. Happy uh, oh, <laughs> birthday. She's not that old, but we, we agree after a certain age, we do not do not announce that, but happy birthday to her. And actually, since I've got her on Facebook, she goes across doing a lot in Missouri in that, uh, being the hook girl. So, uh. Careful how you say that. <laughs> She's the unhooker. She's not a hooker. Oh. <laughs> so happy birthday to her. Um, Mr. Logan Young. I know that age is not right for Logan. No. Dude. No. Uh, <laughs> cute one, Logan. You're not 30. I know oh, that boy. for a fact. 
Happy birthday. Also, happy birthday to Mr. Steve Beckley, turning 63. Uh, tech official for uh, the National Antique Tractor Pulling Association, avid Oliver Puller. So, happy birthday to him. Also, happy birthday to uh, defending champion of the Illini State Pullers Light Superstock, Craig Harnish, the Inches Matter Tractor. He's 45. And another Allison. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, that yeah. guy. Oh. From uh, just across the border there in Ohio, Gary Diekman is 70. Uh, oh, yeah. Also, Mr. Andrew Ford, another listener yep. of the show, yep. turning 36. Happy birthday to him. On to Saturday. This one is, uh, I want to do this one because this class really influenced me growing up because bowling here is the first time I really got to see him other than Mr. Hibbets running around. Yeah. And uh, Mr. John Mann turning 75 and uh, guy who did everything with Lady Butterfly, not only pulling, but also did... Uh, 70s and 80s circle track racing out yep. on the big uh, mile plus tracks. So I think that's still my favorite super semi. I love the lady. Th- that one in uh, Liberty Bell. Yeah. Yep, that's another good one. Well, actually, you know what? I really can't pick a favorite from that era because you got the Buckeye Bulldog. You got Tiger Rice coming out with Stagecoach and Longhorn. Well, Stagecoach and Longhorn. You got Carey with Dodge Fever. You know, well, for for me, I, the reason I like Lady Butterfly and by extension Stagecoach and Longhorn is just because I love V12 Detroit. Yeah, but you know what? That V8 Mac underneath the hood of uh, well, Buckeye Bulldog yeah. still sounds just about as much still sexist. kicking ass even now. But the 12, the, oh, <laughs> the V12 screaming, screaming dozen dozens. Oh my god! Yeah, that's sex on a platter. Mm, <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> also, one uh, Miss uh, Jean Pildner turning. 27 years old. Happy birthday to Jean. Of course, yeah. uh, had her hubby on. Uh, yes, we did. On a couple weeks ago of the uh, City Slicker pulling team. So happy birthday to her. Got any others you want to have? Yeah, Jeremy Wagler is 35. Man, you are important. You got Jeremy Wagler on yeah, Facebook. Yeah, sure I am. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's it yeah, I had so, for Well, Thomas Reiner, he, you know, he's got a picture of pulling tractor. Oh, we don't yeah. know him, but. I don't know him. Happy birthday, Thomas. Hey, he's got tractor pulling. <laughs> you, you know, we're getting to that point. We got so many it's people on know. Facebook we don't know, but if you got a pulling tractor on there, we'll give you a shout out. Yeah, okay. I can do that. Oh, that guy. Sunday? On yeah. the top of the list. Mad Max. TTPA super stock pickup puller. Max Simmons is 48, part of a uh, three-brother team. That runs a, a Chevy, and they also do a lot of engine work for a lot of other competitors in a bunch of different classes, uh, both with TTPA and on the mini side, too. Oh, absolutely. Another one, uh, we don't see him much out pulling anymore, but uh, he's been busy after his father passed, uh, keeping the family farm and his own business going. Mr. Jordan Draves, turning 22 years old. Happy birthday to him. Also from near uh, to here, actually probably one of the closest pullers to our studios, David Lacey from just across the river in Canada is turning 29. He's already been kicking ass with his mini rods in regional action out on How the East Coast of spring. Him? Right? Yeah. I. You know what? It's a funny side story. Uh, when Tanya started working at the bridge, they came through. She said, hey, do you know who this is? And I had to actually look it up. I, I was, I'm embarrassed to admit that. Because where are they from over there? Oh, well, it's mouse clicking. Yeah, because we got all the time in the world now, so. Bedford. Bedford. I'm trying to remember where that is. Uh, it's just to the it's northeast. La- it's not far. Yeah, no, that's just up uh, just up the water line. Yeah, no, not far at all. No. 
Monday, Monday, Monday. First off, Mr. Mike Taphouse turning 26 years old. Uh, hot farm puller from the oh, south part of the state. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, Mr. Dave Kurzinski, happy birthday to him. Uh, Mr. Treasurer, as everybody Mr. knows him. Mr. Treasurer himself. And East Coast, one of the first guys out there in mod four-wheel drive truck pulling, Deal Wilson and the Virginians, 66. We'll give that one other guy a shout-out just because, yeah, he's been known to do stupid shit at polls anyways. Oh, has he ever. How, how old do you think Matthew is now? I don't know. He keeps acting like he's 22. He grew up. <laughs> yeah. he, he's, he's been a little responsible lately. No, no. He's he's damn good people. He's a great guy. He's, Miss, the, he's the adoptive brother-in-law. You, oh, no shit. Yeah, I, I have to deal totally. with it. From, yeah, yeah you, you too. <laughs> We're both in the same freaking family. You're just getting married into it. I've just yeah. adopted it. <laughs> yeah. Happy birthday, Mr. Matthew Esper. Uh, I can't put down your birth date, so we'll just call you 73. Um, Tuesday, I don't have any, that was all Monday, Tuesday. And yeah, none are jumping off, I don't think. So we're going to say we're good. Cause... You don't have any for Tuesday? No, not that I know of for sure. Oh, I do. Uh... Mr. Trent Pollock, antique puller with the NATPA, uh, Farm All Persuasion. Uh, I know his father doesn't listen to the show, but uh, if you got Trent Pollock, he just got done. Uh, Repainting and restoring a Farmall 350 uh, for the Red Power Roundup. Or for a, they're not taking the Red Power Roundup. They're going to do a, a parade. His dad doesn't know about it. It is sexy. Oh, well, he's going to just Good thing he doesn't it. listen to the show. Then. No, I know he doesn't. Trent, Trent, Trent's a good buddy of mine now. Another one. Uh, we got to do Wednesday, too, dumbass. Oh, yeah, we do, don't we? Then uh, Mr. Robbie, Robbie Finley. Uh <coughs> Of the Finley pulling team, uh, the Ford, only Ford actually in the or main running Ford. We've got two, but run with super stock trucks and uh, with TTPA. Happy birthday to Rob Finley, turning 21 years old. Then Wednesday, uh, Mr. Will Witt, turning 41. Andrew Millslagel, happy birthday to him. Skylar Navar, never heard of him. Who's that guy? Well, I, rumor has it that guy used to do a show on Monday nights. Oh, it's his business partner? Yeah, something like that. Outfit called Live Sort of Sometimes? Yeah, Live Whatever. Yeah. Uh, happy birthday to Skyler. Oh, yeah, I got some. They do listen to the show, so. I got a bunch for Wednesday, actually, it turns out. Okay. I, I hit Will. I hit Andrew. Uh, we'll also say happy birthday to Chan Nussie, who's got that new Oliver uh, V8 cat coming out in, I believe, oh, Pro Stock. Oh, that thing is sexy Pro yeah, Stock. Yeah, he's, uh, he's turning 41. Uh, also, happy birthday to Amy Gilbert, uh, the photographer and marketing expert at Stainless Diesel. <laughs> My good friend from uh, UCC. Oh, you had the pleasure, did you? That's the one I had to keep yelling at because she almost oh. took that transfer case to the head. Yeah, okay. I got a video of you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got a video of me giving her shit? Yeah. Yep. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I really don't. And that's the point I'm at. God, this is going to be a good rant. I think this is going to be the most preempted rant you'll ever hear in your life. But uh, we're going to take a break here. Uh, we got to get our uh, phone guest online. Actually, he's going to be covering quite a bit of the show with us. I don't know if he's oh. going to take part in the rant, but... Uh, uh, we're going to take a break here. Uh, this is Sidetracked on Pulling Radio Network.
you make your living going up and down the road and time is money. Would you like to save up from 5 to 25% on fuel, up to 25% more power with better bottom end acceleration? You need to get with dieselfreak.com and their truck tuning services. Works for Cummins, Caterpillar, Detroit Diesel and more. If you want to kick it up another notch, you can get their off-highway tuning for high horsepower. It'll unlock the RPM limiters, twin turbo setups, VGT turbo replacement, EGR valve delete, DPF delete, urea delete and more and it all comes with a 30-day warranty. Not only that, they've also moved into the agriculture realm. They'll bring their dyno on-site to you. Get a baseline on your tractor and write a custom tune for it, load it up, and show you the difference. Also with a 30-day warranty, save fuel, increase power with performance tuning from dieselfreak.com. For Case IH, Callenger, Klaus, Fent, John Deere, Massey, Ferguson, New Holland, Valtra, and more, dieselfreak.com. They can be reached at 989-748-4145, 989-748-4145. Ask for Wade and tell them the Pulling Radio Network sent you. All right, and we're back with Sidetracked on Pulling Radio Network, powered by Dirty Hooker Diesel. On the line with us right now, our good friend, formerly from West Michigan, now residing out in uh, Des Moines, Iowa, Mr. Ryan Rusnick. How you doing, sir? I'm doing well. What about you, man? Oh, just living the dream, enjoying, uh, enjoying the beautiful heat and humidity and uh, fighting with diesel trucks, so... Right. Well, what would life be in the summertime if we weren't fighting with our vehicles and complaining about the heat and humidity? See, we're both bigger guys. That's why I love the winter. The winter's perfect for me. Well, yes, it just sucks for track pulling because it's cold. True, true. So, uh, of course, you are the one of the photographers for Beer Money Pulling Team, of course, but uh, you uh, ventured out down into Missouri for an event. Uh, Mexico, Missouri was at the... Wasn't that like the first stop for Western Series this year? Uh, this year, it, well, it wasn't intended to be, but after Mother Nature said, uh-uh, two weeks ago uh, with Hooks and Milan and Moberly, uh, season opener was uh, the Mexico Young Farmers um, 12th Annual Charity or Fundraiser uh, Truck and Tractor Pool. And it was a joint event between... Um, the Lucas Oil Champion Seeds Western Series, uh, and uh, who was the other group? Uh, Excalibur. So we had an interesting mix. A um, lot of a uh, lot of vehicles. There were a whole bunch of trucks and tractors that I hadn't seen before. Lots of them I had, but um, we had a good turnout. And uh, there was some pretty stout iron there, and ran nine classes, I think. Um, including the uh, first running of the Lucas Oil Western Series Heavy Super Stock Diesel, which was a treat to watch. Anytime you got a heavy diesel super stock, it's always a good time. Yeah, and, and there was no slouches there. I mean, you know, with uh, Henderson being there and, and the Shramix, both tractors? Uh, yep, both both the Shramix were there. Um which, by the way, I heard that uh, I heard that the first one, the young blood's up for sale now. Really? Yeah, I saw a post on that I earlier heard that today. This afternoon. Yeah. Yep. The, apparently, the ad came up, and um, but uh, yeah, they were both they were both there, and um, oh, let me think, who else was there? Um, oh gosh, now I'm drawing a blank. Uh, Justin Hopkins was there with his 540 uh, uh, Light Pro, and he jumped up. Yeah, I believe there was a very respect, very respectively. 
Uh, I think he ended up fourth. Um, Minneapolis Moline from somebody help me out. Who owns that tractor? Scrappy. Uh, trying to get to it here. I I can't remember off the top of my head either. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> don't look at me. You know I don't do show prep. I did the most show prep in a long time with lining you up and picking actually topics for this week. Doug Meisinger. Yeah. Boy, that is a pretty tractor. Really, really pretty, especially during that sunset when the sun when the sun's shining on that harvest gold paint or whatever color they call that. But no, uh, good job, you I hit you hit that right on the mark. You know, he was uh, he ended up I think third, and uh, then Youngboard was second, and uh, the Legacy was first. Yep. if I remember correctly. You got that right. So. Um, and uh, they put on a nice show. We had a big crowd. We had we had lots of fans in the stands. It wasn't quite standing room only, but um, it was a good crowd. So had a good class of those guys. Had a huge class of uh, 8,500 light pros. Um, that's kind of becoming the premier class. Uh, it seems like in Missouri and in parts of Iowa, um, and with the PPL sponsoring that, you know that 85. Uh, like Pro uh, in the Western Series, it's got a whole lot of people. I think we had 22 hooks, and I followed this series for two or three years, and I could swear to you that I probably saw eight new tractors that were probably, I mean, they were probably all from either the eastern side of Missouri and don't come up to play as often, uh, or they hook with Excalibur, but still. You know, there's there's fresh blood there, and I know that there are more being built, and I know that there are a few that didn't even make it out just because they weren't ready, or they were still, you know, putting seed in the ground. Yeah, I'm not surprised to hear that with that particular classic. It, it's gotten so huge here that they actually, for this year, um, split Region 2 into an East and a West division because there's just too many light pros and too many hooks. Wow. Yeah, but so, they're not non-existent in Michigan. Go figure. No, Michigan's the home, Michigan is still the home of the super farm. Right. But uh, no, we had a we had a good eighty five hundred limited pro. Um, we had a a big ninety five hundred four one limited pro, which is I mean that's that's our class. That's where we pull the remedy with Badger State and with uh, who the what Series who what year. who who yeah that's right. Hey. Not who, what. Have a little respect. We took the points Your cell phone last year. blows. Yeah, Brett did a great job last year getting the points championship. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he did. Yes, he Never did. heard of him next. So, now, we had, uh, we had, go ahead. Now, you do realize we're going to get a little sidetracked here that uh, we got a little throwdown going. The guys on two court short have been picking on Jason and uh, Ryan a little bit. And I can't blame them there, but uh, they're also been poking the bear with the sidetrack crew. I didn't know this. Who's doing? Who's doing this? Uh, Mr. Uh, Matt uh, Ingham and uh, K Man himself. <laughs> now I'm trying to think. I think they're getting ready to record right now. If you have a beef with me, bring it on. So uh, they better be careful, because. Uh, 
they're they're about ready to get a throwdown with sidetracked, and uh, th- that never works out too well. Now you well, know that guy. Ain't shit. On what kind of Sorry, as my got nothing on me, right? Nothing. I mean, if it's beer drinking, they may as well just hang it up. Beer drinking, we can throw down out in the back streets, whichever. I mean, you've seen Matt and K Man. I mean, come on, they're they're skinnier than Charles and shorter. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> no, they got yeah, free advertisement. Along. But anyways, <laughs> moving, moving Shut along. Your goddamn ass up. Now the uh, we had a good class of um, uh, of ninety five hundred four ones with twenty three hooks. Um, most of these guys are guys that you'll see in Gordyville. Um, and truthfully speaking, I think any one of them could have won uh, that class that night. Um, the sled had them all stacked in real tight. Um, and now that I think about it, I don't even remember who took the win. Oh, yes, I do. Uh, I think it was Steve Bosma, which kind of par for the course. Yeah, um, he seems to have a reputation for uh, being right in the thick of it. Yeah. Um, but no, there were there were some there were some beautiful passes made. There were some guys who weren't quite so happy with the runs, but. Um, I guarantee you that was one of the toughest, you know, early season classes that I've seen in a long time. Um, they did a good job. Um, what else do we have? We had a pretty stout class of, um, oh, what are they, 8,000 pound, 8,500 pound pro stock 4 by 4s um, naturally aspirated like 490 cubes or something like that. Um, saw the class, saw some guys that there were, I think a lot of those guys that I saw, um, in that class were from more towards the St. Louis area, St. Louis or Illinois or, um, Eastern Missouri. So there were a lot of trucks there that I'd never seen before. Um, they put on a good show. Um, there was a young lady in a, uh, Chevy SSR bodied four by four who, uh, put I think less than six inches on our old man to, to uh, take the class. So I thought it was kind of cool. That was kind of neat to see. Makes an interesting sideline. Yeah. Especially if the announcers, you know, attuned to it and. Oh, that's another topic involved. we were going to discuss too. What's that? Well, that's part of the drag racing one, but, uh, which we'll get into, but, uh, the females in the sports. Oh yeah. 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 And we actually had two of them that night. There was another class and I, I, can't remember what the class was. Um, it was a tractor class. It was diesel. Um, maybe it wasn't pro farm. Um, it was like a limited pro or something along those lines. Um, and uh, young lady on her, I think, very first pass in her own tractor. Um, she had a 1066 that. Uh, uh, it was still, you know, sheet metal. It was just, you know, unpainted, uh, aside from the fenders and the frame. Um, she went out there and she put, I think, you know, four or five feet on uh, the rest of the class. So, and she was absolutely ecstatic. Uh, her name was Bailey Horsemeyer. So congratulations to her. Yeah, good. <clears throat> so. Beginner's luck. And, and had, now she's um, going to be, now she's going to be ruined. Beginner's luck, right? Yeah, well, yeah, now that I mentioned it, she's, you know, going to break something next run. Bailey, I'm sorry. <laughs> if you're listening, 
I'm not giving you an address because you'll send me hate mail. Um, just remember, I took nice pictures of your tractor. You've seen them. <laughs> um, so, um, had a good class of two-wheel drives. Had a lot of breakage in that class. Um, it seemed like, and the two-wheel drive guys can get on me all they want about this, but it seemed like probably half were having problems getting them to light. And it was getting cooler at the time, and there was a little bit of moisture in the air. Um, and I kind of wonder if maybe that played into it. Some of those motors just don't like running right, you know, when it's cold and kind of damp. So, but, um, you know, they put on a good show. You know, wheelies always do well. Lots of noise always does well. Um, we had a good class of uh, 3.0 smoothbores. Um, had some familiar names and faces there. A lot of guys from uh, western Missouri. Um, guys that I see fairly frequently. Um, Jason Hill being one of them. Jason had a very bad night. Um, he was on a great pass all the way up until he wasn't. And then he was on a really bad pass. He, uh, I forget what he snapped. He told me, his answer was, I said, what happened? He said, I snapped everything. <laughs> I saw sparks. I heard big bangs, and uh, then I saw the, uh, or then I heard the uh, motor shoot to the moon. And he told me he hit seven thousand. So, ooh, yeah. So he spiked pretty good and hard. Um, he's trying right now. He's uh, he and the guys are uh, trying to put it back together and get it ready for Fayette this weekend. Um, I don't know if that's going to happen or not, but. <laughs> He said definitely he would be, you know, ready for Mound City, which I would expect he plays uh, a big role in that. So, and he's kind of a, it seems like he's kind of a fan favorite out there too. So. Well, uh, when you are the Western Series 3-0 points champion, it's pretty easy to gain some fans. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Um, and then we uh, finished out the night with um, kind of an interesting class of, uh, uh, light supers. So burn a little bit of uh, methanol to, you know, finish it all out. And, uh, let's see, the Novingers brought three tractors. Um, two of them did not want to play. One of them really did not want to play. And you guys have seen the video of that. Yeah. Did you yeah. find out, uh, did you get any little insight into that yet? What the hell happened? I have not. I have not. I'm still looking for answers. So if people, uh, uh, if, if people understand or know what happened or if anybody's talked to Mike, um, you know, that would be cool to know. Um, I think Charles, you were onto something with the barrel valve. That's my, just looking at the video, that's my wild ass guess. Well, I would trust that. Um, it definitely put on, uh, it definitely put on a heck of a show. That's for sure. Yeah. And play you like you and you and I were talking, probably the most unique sound breakage you've ever heard in your life so oh, i'm like i put my good turn a blowtorch on I, when i first heard it through the cell yeah, cell phone like. through the cell phone i was like what the hell and so i grabbed my good studio headphones and put them on I'm like, oh this is cool <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was it was weird i've never heard anything quite like it, it yeah it sounded you're right though it, it sounded like somebody had you know fired up an oxyacetylene torch or you know a blowtorch or something 
Did you, get a, did you get a chance to go look at uh, Green Gambler and, and ch- see if any chassis changes were made by uh, Brian after the disaster there at Cornhusker Classic? Yes, there were chassis changes I, made. I, I didn't get to see any. I know that he wasn't happy with the way that it ran. Yeah, he was. Um, he was pretty. He was kind of tight-lipped. Uh, he he and Andy Gerba and I were going back and forth. You know, a few weeks after that about it and. Um, I, I know he did spend an evening consulting with uh, Tim Engler about it too, but I, I haven't heard what Not the changes were. Not just Tim were. Engler, he also uh, contacted Bibbs about it yeah, too. Yeah, but I haven't heard what changes were actually made. Well, it seemed like it. It seemed like it just needed a general, you know, loosen the bolts a quarter of a turn, so to speak. Yeah, and it just seemed like that 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 chassis is just so tight that anything that you make, there's no flex to it, and so any any change you make, if you you know stab one brake or the other, you know it reacts predictably violently. And if you're not ready for that, or if you don't have, if you haven't compensated for that, and honestly, I don't know how you would. No. Um, I mean, I don't know that you can take air pressure out and expect them to run soft enough that you know you could stab one brake pedal and not upset the balance. Yeah, I don't know if there's but, a way around it. You know, other than to yeah, really just. Start cutting cross members out. Yep, start cutting things out and, and hope that uh, she starts flexing in the right places and then, you know, maybe you can make things work again. But, I, uh, I know that's basically a fact I got from Bibbs and that is that there was just way too much bracing inside that chassis and they need to start lightening the light chassis. Yeah. Well, that could be... I see things in the front end too, with a you know, and not just theirs. I, I see things in the air rides all these guys are putting on with geometries that you know, yeah, it softens the blow, but they're also getting up. They're having a problem, honestly, with bump steer. Um, you know, they're trying to avoid the brakes, and the thing touches down, but there's not enough caster in the kingpin angle, and the thing just, you know, the tire bites in, and it just next thing you know, you're going to the sideline. Great. We just put air right on ours. <laughs> well, <laughs> good luck. <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully we'll get it figured out. Contact AP and performance engineering for all your geometry needs. <laughs> yeah, chassis tuning. We're going to start putting that on the list. There you go. But uh, um, who won that class? Bryce Perry. He put on a heck of a show. Um, he... Uh, he made one of the prettiest passes I think I've ever seen that tractor make, and I've watched that tractor run probably a half dozen times or more over the past two years, and uh, that was that was beautiful. Yeah, it was, it was every it was it was every bit as nice as I remember his pass at the farm show. Yeah, they've they've got so, enough time and runs on it where they got the chassis figured out, and let's face it, when Brian Connor's doing your setups on the engine, you know. It's it, it's gonna run good. Yeah, yeah, and and like I told uh, uh, Tate when I congratulated him, I said, you know, Dad's got that Winnie Rose game on lockdown. If you uh, saw any of the pictures that I posted, I happened to get lucky with the camera and caught one where there was probably a good fifteen foot of alcohol burn off flame. At the end of the pass, it looked pretty cool. You yeah. kind of lit up the sky a little bit. Yeah, there's their their idle circuit is delivering enough fuel, I think. Yeah, 
Well, and there were a few guys who were um, – I was a little surprised at that because typically when you see those things make a pass, they burn off that excess, and then they, you know, kind of settle back down. Yeah. Um, I saw, let's see, at least two, if not three different John Deere's. Two of them, I think, were owned by the Whitworths, and I cannot remember who had the other one. Um, it was not Mike Novinger. Um, but these guys, you know, when they were done with a the run, they had to burn off, and tell you what, they put it in gear and started, you know, driving her off the track, and boy, there, there was the flame didn't quit. Yeah, I kind of wonder if I, mean, that's... I saw I saw those guys riding through, uh, you know, riding through the pit area back to their uh, back to their trailers, and they didn't need headlights. That's for sure. Yeah, I think I think guys are they're figuring something out or learning something in terms of a baseline for for the fuel systems on those that we didn't see in, in years past. Where like, yeah, like you said, the guy would you know give it just a little bit of throttle to get out of his spin out holes, and that would blow the flame out, and that's it; it wouldn't come back. Right. Right, but that's yeah. That definitely wasn't the way it was working with these guys. Hey, more you know what? And if nothing else, you know, the, from from a from a promoter or an enthusiast side of things, it adds a even if it's even if it doesn't serve any purpose other than the theatrical, it just it adds a cool dimension to it. Uh, put some excitement into it, even if it doesn't really do anything except spend yep, exactly. spend money on burnt fuel. You know, saves you exactly. leaning out a motor. Yeah. I was thinking about I was thinking about that very thing on the way home. I'm like, man, I wish the announcer had kind of jumped on that. They didn't. They didn't really didn't say much other than when, um, than with Bryce, because you know he had the, you know, 15, 18 foot of flame. The rest of these guys had, you know, three foot, and but it was consistent. And you know, I was a little surprised at that, but it looked cool. That's for sure. And. You know, it's hard hard to find good announcers. I mean, that idiot they bring out to Wisconsin every year is horrible. I wish they'd quit oh, doing Lord. that. I know, I know. This guy's radio career is shot. Yeah, thank God you won't hear me doing shit like that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, it was, it, was, it was a good show. The one drawback was that we because we had so much iron and because we had a little bit of breakage, um, there are a few guys that, uh, put some holes in the motors, um, and turned some otherwise altogether pieces of, of metal into very distinct little shards of metal. It's a piece of crap. It doesn't um, work. We had a few, we had a few delays of game and we didn't end up finishing until I think probably one fifteen, one thirty. It's uh, not like you had a long drive so, home or anything. No, uh, I, no, I didn't actually have a long drive home. I stayed with Justin and Julie. Justin and you Justin hear him name dropping now. Yeah, you know, I am. He lives 10 minutes away. I said, hey, dude, I'm going to be in town. He said, stay with us. I said, okay. <laughs> I mean, come on. The guy makes a beautiful toy. I wanted it. I've never seen the shop. I got a 2 a.m., you know, beer in hand tour of the shop. It was great. So Our, our correspondence, I'm telling you. Huh? Our correspondents. They live a bigger you. life than we do. Yes, they do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nothing? Nothing on that one? Really, Ryan? Nothing. <laughs> nothing for me. 
So, so but the, the, the fans were troopers. They stuck, they stuck with us. We had, I think we probably around the 11 o'clock, 1130 hour, you know, people started, you know, falling out and leaving, but, uh, you know, I'll bet we still had 40% of the crowd left. till the last hook, that was, that was significant as far as I'm concerned. That ain't bad when you start running that way late at night, because right, you know, there's been right. a, up, events already this year where I've been like, yeah, all right, can I just go home now? Oh wait, I can't. Right, there's still three more classes, and I have to announce them. Yeah, why is it taking? You, so you missed out on the second day of Sigourney, where it was just oh. brutal, nine a.m. to one thirty in the morning. I heard. Yeah, that's uh, that's rough. Tell me about it. But I guess, I mean, if you got people, I mean, it's kind of like Gordyville this year, you know? You got so many people here from all over God's green earth. You know, they came specifically to, to you know, pull. You can't exactly just shut it off and say, now nah, I'm going to bed at 1.30, I'm tired. I mean, you can't really do that because, you know, the schedule was tight enough that you kind of had to do what you had to do to get the hook in, even if it ended up, you know, going until two in the morning or three in the morning or whatever. And, there, and there's people actually who will look back on the days, you know, oh, the good old days, we used to pull till three in the morning with, with fondness. And nowadays, you know, oh, Christ, it's 11. Will you hurry up? Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. So. But, so it was a good show. Um, it was a good show. I took a thousand pictures. I've edited approximately 50 of them. <laughs> uh, you know, I I'm I'm pretty choosy with what I with what I choose to edit and what I don't. It has to, you know, I look at something three different times before I decide whether or not I'm going to open it in Photoshop. And so what you're saying you know, is you're one I of those can't... guys who machine guns a camera with the burst feature. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't. I did that one year. I did that the first year that I got my A77 because it'll shoot twelve a second. Um, I had never had a camera that would do that before. And I <laughs> kid with a new toy. <laughs> and, you know, one year in Mound City, and you walk away with 1,700 pictures and you're <laughs> only there for about five hours. And you think, oh, God, now I have to go and figure out what of this is worth anything. Yeah. <laughs> and, and at that point, I, I said, uh-uh, no way. And so I turned that off, and I think I backed it down to six, and I still never use that function. I never turn on that rapid fire. I have it active so that if something does happen, I mean, we saw we saw what that kind of preparedness will do for you this weekend with uh, the Hampton Hooker. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you saw you saw the pictures that the Moors got. They were unbelievable. Probably the clearest, cleanest things that I've ever seen. Um. You know, they got that. I'm almost positive. I talked to Adam Drought, and I said, how do you get a shot like that? He says, your ear gets tuned, and if you hear a pop, you instantly hold down on the shutter, and you don't stop until it's done. Yeah. I've, and, I'm having to retrain myself because this is only my second season with the, the rig I've got to, to do that. I still want to keep pressing the button because I'm used to the old 35 millimeter where i got to rack it real quick and then get the next shot off. So I'm I'm still kind of... Right 
the, right. the instinct is there when I hear the sound to be ready for it and to not flinch when it happens, but I'm still dumb about holding my finger down. Oh, see, I, I developed that real quick because I never had to rack my film. I always, I always had an auto advance, so okay. just press the button, get through. I've got 35 millimeter. I shot down Bowling Green with my Rebel K2, my 35 millimeter Rebel, and uh, you've seen the footage of, yeah. uh, um, what was it, Double Trouble? Or double stuff. Yeah. Blowing a fuel line, blowing everything yep. up. And that was 35 millimeter with that 30 or 75, 300 just shelf lens, you know, yeah. not even good. Just you heard heard it and you went for it. Yeah. my Grandpa, hey, yep. there's a couple of power drives for uh, some Nikon bodies sitting around, I think, at Dad's, but I've never, never, never played with one. And I probably never will because now the cost of uh, doing that with 35 millimeter is insane. Well, the only insane. thing you got is fu- Fuji film, anyways. You know, well, I know where there's a stash of Kodak sitting in a freezer, but I mean, yeah, it becomes it very quickly becomes cost prohibitive. That's what pushed me actually to buy a digital last year. Is you know, we we Tyne and I went for a weekend well at the NATPA finals, and after getting the film developed just from that one weekend, I went, boy, we do this three times, and we can you know not a great digital, but a a good one well, we we would pay for itself. Yeah. yeah, so we did. We jumped on it. Yeah. I think I used, other than that Bowling Green trip, I did pull it out for that. I don't know why, because I love my, love my little Canon Rebel for what I do. You know, I'm not shooting the level you are or anything like that. But, you know, I pulled it out for that. But that K2 has two weeks of use on it plus three day, two days of Bowling Green. That's it for use. Yeah. Wow. I literally went two weeks later and bought the uh, Rebel XT just because I fell in love with the K2 Rebel. I go, you know what? Nice. Time time to go digital, and I haven't looked back. And you know what? For just being a cheap cheap camera at the time, you know, but it was $600 when I bought it. It's I'm going through photos here. Yeah, they're not the absolute best of quality now, but they're still damn good usable photos. Charles has seen some I've zoomed mm-hmm. in on. Yeah, they get grainy at 100% zoom on the photo when you're editing, but other than that, you know, they they give out good quality, but... Are you shooting yeah. are you shooting those in RAW? No, those, these aren't in RAW. These are JPEG. Okay. I can shoot in RAW. Problem is, I've got you compact a, flash memory cards. You run out of storage. And I run out of storage quick. And yep, you'll compact flash is the only memory card that has not dropped in price whatsoever from when I've started into it. Isn't yeah. that weird how that happened? My my backup camera is uh, my first Sony. Um, it's a Sony Alpha 200, and great camera, um, and it only runs on compact flash. And yeah, I went and uh, you know I bought a few cards for it, and you know I couldn't believe the prices. And I looked on Amazon, you know, six months ago when I was looking for. Stuff, when you and I and were talking about it, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I thought, I said, "Oh my lord, how on the heck is this still?" An, this an eight gig card will still cost you damn near eighty to a hundred dollar bill. They make an adapter so you can yeah. run micro no. SD. No, no, that sucks. No, there is no adapter for Compact Flash. That sucks. Yeah, exactly. somebody somebody's got proprietary tech and not letting but it go. The Compact Flash still has quicker, uh, quicker, quicker recovery for jamming photos through it than an SD does. That's why they ran it for so long, is you can jam the photos through. Now that nobody's yeah, listening I've to this show a, anymore. I've got a 
16 gig and a couple of four gigs. Wow, aren't you a show off? I had a four gig. I think my mother ended up with it. I've got two two no, two I, gigs and one one gig. <laughs> no, I, I protect those with my life. You know, those those don't leave the house unless I'm going to an event. And then there's a 16 gig in the bag somewhere. You know, it gets returned to the house as soon as the bag comes back in. So, <laughs> so anyways, we're I'll let you know outside. when I fill up my 128. <laughs> so anyways we got other topics to hit here and uh first and for the one that i really really kind of piqued my interest and right away i called you with about doing the show and as i go i gotta get ryan's input on this one and uh i called charles right away i go we gotta cover this one is uh alexis uh how you pronounce it Dejoria. her interview of course anybody who doesn't know her she runs a top fuel funny car uh, on the NHRA, and uh, she did an interview this weekend after a pass. It was uh, less than graceful. I mean, she did save it for what it could have been. That could have been really, really bad, but Charles, you got the interview. I know it's not the best of quality, but why don't you hit play and let people hear it? So I know, Ryan, you can't hear the uh, interview, but I know you looked it up just when I told you about it. Uh, yep. My whole take from that whole thing is about fucking time. Oh, boring. Is what? Did somebody that somebody let him go? That somebody let some pure fucking emotion into an interview. Never once did we hear anything about a sponsor or how great the team was. Yeah, it was just, the... this is what fucking happened on my run, and you're going to hear it. And there was no censoring, which, whatever, is what it is. Colorful language. I'm sorry. Modern society, it's out there. And I've got yep. my own opinion on four-letter words and modern society and all that. Fine, whatever. But not only was that a great fucking interview to finally hear for a change, a racer just talking about racing, but not only that is it wasn't a John Force or a big name out there in the racing world, you know, a male in the racing world doing it. No, this is a female racer, which I'm not slighting them whatsoever. I mean, Shirley Muldowney's got plenty to her credit for racing for how many freaking years. And she was not yep. afraid of an F-bomb herself. You know, how much did that interview just lend credit to the diehard race fans for Team Patron in Alexis. Oh, I thought it was, I thought it was great. I mean, you know, language aside, I mean, emotion happens, you know, I mean, it's in the sport. It's in, you know, it's in life. And, you know, so often we see these, you know, these, I don't know, these almost scripted interviews, um, 
except when, you know, Joey Logano or Kyle Busch were irritable. <laughs> we get all sorts of things. Oh. Um, Anybody I, watch that sport like anymore? Oh, looks like someone's diapers fall. That's a thing. I, I heard it was at one point. I haven't watched it in years. It stopped being a sport, oh, oh about 1995 or six. Oh, come on. It didn't really stop being a sport until uh, Earnhardt passed away. 2001. Uh, that's, that's a cliche. It was done before that, about five years before that. <laughs> the, writing was definitely, the writing was starting to get on the wall. But, uh, no, it was, it was cool to see some real emotion. Um, we don't see that very often on the cameras. Um, I can only think of, I mean, with the, with the, you know, the, the Kyle Bush aside, because he's just kind of <laughs> a arrogant prick and a tool and, you know, anything <laughs> else you can think of. Um, sorry, you can direct all hate mail to Ryan Rusink, care of. Anyway, um, and we will tell you how you're the wrong. Only other, the only other times where I remember it happening were instances where it seemed like it was more grassroots motorsports. Um, who is it that runs um, he and his dad, Pro Start Pullers? Um, oh, for crying out loud, Kevin, um, help Ma- me out. Masterson? Yes, Tom and Kevin Masterson. One of the last times that I remember seeing an interview where there was real raw emotion was last year, or maybe the year before, with Kevin Masterson. Um, Kevin had had a pass that was not all that hot. Um, He had been struggling all season. I think it must have been two years ago. I think it must have been 15. Um, He'd been struggling a little bit, and... Crash Gladys came over and talked to him after, you know, after a pass. And, you know, he didn't drop any F-bombs or anything like that, but he made it very, very, very clear that he was not happy with his season. He was not happy with the way that the track was being groomed, and he had a good reason to at that point. Um, There was a big hole in the track, and he fell victim to it because nobody could drive around it. Um, And it killed his distance. Um, and, you know, so on and so forth. But you don't see that very often just because everybody's got to be PC and all this and, you know, all this crap. Um, and I, I, I kind of found it refreshing. Now, I'd lo- I would love to know what happened in the Patron boardroom as that was happening, um, you know, or in the Patron hospitality suite as they're watching this. And, you know, I can just imagine faces going from normal color to, you know, ash and gray and, you know, somebody wanting her head on a platter or, you know, her head in the, uh, in the boardroom the following Monday morning. I hope that didn't happen. Um, I got the, maybe Patron is, maybe they're, they're a progressive enough team that maybe it doesn't, but. Well, I've got the sneaking suspicion. I got the sneaking suspicion that everything's okay because are are you you familiar with what the tie-in is there with Patron? No, I wait. That's relation with who? With Patron, her sponsor. You, well, you, I mean, a little bit. Well, Patron is owned by John Paul DeJoria, which is her dad, but most people know him as Paul Mitchell, the hairdresser. Did not know that at all. That's her father, wow. and he's the sponsor. So I, you know what? 
And I have seen interview. I've seen interviews with him. He is one cool ass dude. I think he was totally all right with it. Well, nice. Charles, I didn't, Charles, I know Ryan. We heard. What, what's your thoughts on this interview? Because I do want a three way inflection on this one, just because of it's about fucking time. What What was your take seeing that video? Him or me? You, well, Charles. Mean, big words. Um, I like the passion, but I didn't like that she dropped f bombs, and I'm gonna I, I'm gonna tell you why. Um, when you're on free to air broadcast type television, like she is, where uh, you can accidentally, uh, what are you what are you pointing at? That? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> you can you can bump into you can bump into it uh, with your kids in the room as you're flipping channels and and not know that it's coming. There is a certain decorum level that is attached to that, and I respect and appreciate that. It's I, and I make the distinction. We drop f bombs on this show all the time. Well, how is what's the difference? You have to download this show or click on it on SoundCloud or seek out PRN and turn it on to hear us do this. You cannot bump into us hitting you in the face with a fuck you. So that's where I draw the that's where I draw the line. Yes, I appreciate the passion. I liked that it wasn't scripted. I, I I really everything about it was good, but it was not okay for me. I can take that. That's a mean I can, jar. I can agree with that. That jar goes but back over also, there. <laughs> well, but there's also I mean there's also ramifications to what does that do to NHRA? You know they have to yeah. do they have to answer to the to the network and to the FCC for that. I believe that they probably do because they are responsible for in-house production of all the races now and they own the production company that's doing it. They're, and they're, you know, I don't know what the exact business arrangement is with Fox Sports to get it on TV, but they are the production company. So I got to believe that any fines that come down, Fox Sports is going to turn right around NHRA and go, here, it's your problem. Yep. Yep. I would agree. With all right. Time for round two of this whole discussion with this one. And I already alluded to it. How much credit this did that lend to her with the hardcore, not the fans who just tune in every once in a while, but the hardcore racing fans who are going, yeah, just a chick racing, you know, Courtney Force, oh, she's just in it because daddy's, daddy's money's being thrown around to play with. But Alexis, how much did that just earn credit to those who watch the sport and love the sport to giving her true credit as being a racer in the modern era? I don't know. For me, I think if if you're a, if you're even remotely following NHRA, um, I think she's already earned her credibility. There was some question maybe about it. Is this a sideshow when she married Jesse James and some of that stuff? But I, I think if you've been following NHRA, you've known for the last I'm gonna say three years or so that yeah, she's legit. If you're a casual fan, I think then the question did get answered for you on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Now topic that's kind of been chapped my ass for a while is the bringing the notoriety given to female competitors in motorsports we've already heard arguments that it's sexist from a feminist viewpoint excuse me that they're pullers they're not female pullers they're pullers well my thought process is with it is it's not meant to be a sexist thing notarizing these Look at some of the greatest pe- female pullers in the past. You know, Rodolin Knox, Dusty Arfons. Judy Epstein. Yeah. You know, they were out there, they are pulling, and nobody's going to question their ability, and they weren't 
given extra credit because, well, they did good because they're a female puller. No, Ronald Anoxious went out there and just slapped it down your face and go, listen here, in probably one of the biggest ears from mo- modified tractors, saying, hey, look it, I can do this too. Yep. How I mean, my... My thought process on it is, and Charles, you and I see it with a super stock puller, probably the most aggressive driving style I've ever seen out of a puller in that class is Karen Forey's a female yeah. puller up here. I I think, yeah, give them the, notarize them, give the female fans in the sport somebody maybe they can relate to more, you know, acknowledge them. Because, hell, I had a guy down at the legendary event named Tori. I thought it was a female. It's a big old dude tatted all up with two full sleeves and a beard with cut off shirt. With probably could have broke my fat ass in two. You know, is acknowledge who they are, give them the recognition. You know, because maybe it encourages that little girl sitting in the stands to uh, bug daddy about building her a truck. You know, build her a truck or tractor to start out with and yeah. work her way up in the sport. She didn't have to follow the stereotypes. If she's interested in it and wants to do it, she can. Right? Truth, but but on the same on the same level, regardless of whether or not any of, you know, that is true and and all three of us believe that it is. If you want to do it, you can do it. it takes hard work and determination. But there is still that stereotype in this world, and there probably always will be. There is that glass ceiling. There is that this, that, or the other thing. And I can imagine plenty of, you know, let's say 9, 10, 11-year-old girls who know that or think that society thinks that they should be playing with Barbies and dress up and listening to whatever version or iteration of Miley Cyrus is on the radio right now or whatever. And, but they kind of like, they kind of think tractor pulling is cool. But they're scared to tell their friends about it. Or, you know, they, they say, well, I go because um, my dad and mom make me go. They don't necessarily work into the story that they had a blast and they had a great time. And that they kind of want to take that old farm all in in the back. They really want to rattle can it pink. Because they think that'd be cool, and it would but be. <laughs> it, 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 but if the right announcer brings that crowd in on it, um, and they've got you know, and, and they get that support behind it, you know, the crowd is going to react, and it, maybe that's the you know swift kick in the rear that that little eleven-year-old girl needs to tell dad the next morning over pancakes and breakfast. Dad, I want to learn. I want to do this. Can we do this? I want to do this. You know, sometimes that that little bit of social encouragement or that little oomph from the crowd can really get you into it. Um, and maybe it, you know, pumps up a little bit of confidence. So I'm, I'm, you know, I, Charles, I see what you're getting at with that, with the comment that no, she can do it if she wants to. But sometimes it does take a little bit of extra, you know, to get out and get somebody off the ledge. Yeah, you're right. Um, a lot of times if we bring something up like that, um, it'll come. Well, it, ha- it hasn't to us personally, but it, it can. And I can see it, whether it's pulling or any I, form of it racing. It was brought right? up to me by somebody. Was who, it? Okay. Uh, I'll mention you. 
Ryan knows who I'm referring to with it, and you know yep. who it is too. It'll come. It'll come back to you that hey, you know, you're only highlighting this because it's it's feminist and this that and the other. And no, that's not the reason I for it. Give a it's, shit less. I couldn't care less either. We're highlighting, we're highlighting it because it's freaking cool. It's freaking absolutely. Cool. It's freaking cool. And to to what you said earlier, you know, when we bring it up that hey, you know, here comes Karen Forrest in the the twisted sister truck, and she is gonna tear the wheels off this damn thing the girls in the crowd go nuts they finally got they got somebody to yep. cheer for now that's why we're doing yep. it to pull that segment of our audience into it not to leave them alienated and sitting within the space of their own two ears afraid to say something absolutely and karen's one of my favorite drivers to watch just because you put her behind the you know you talk to her outside she's very quiet very quiet very, quiet, very, very reserved you know, just looks like the average mom out there at the pole. And you put her in a fire suit and you put her in the seat of a truck. She's bending that throttle off. No, breaking that throttle off every pass right off the line. Just there is no feathering it out. She just hammer no. downs and it works for her. It freaking works for her every time she goes out. You know, she's one she's of the top driver. three trucks out there on any given night on any given track. Yeah, she's the most aggressive First, of them. She she's pull good. She pulls Thumb tractor pullers. Thumb tractor pullers. Uh, yep, she pulls uh, Twisted Sister uh, purple uh, uh, four, GMT 400 bodied uh, uh, pickup. Cool. So, I mean, and, you know, my, my thing with bringing this up is, is you know, actually I was talking with the guy, you, we, we mentioned him in our birthdays, Mr. Max Simmons, mm-hmm. who also runs in that class with yep. the, um, oh, drawing a blank now. Thunderstruck. Thunderstruck. I knew it was an ACDC band song, but um, truck. He goes, I worked drag racing for a long time, and with mid-Michigan minis, we've got a lot of young girls who pull. Um, one, I think she's four, going to be five. Uh, Miss Sydney Selinski, we know her dad, Tony, runs V8 Hot Rod now. Mm-hmm. Sydney comes out in her pink boots, four years old, hops on her little red Cub Cadet, and she goes to the town, and she's probably got the most fierce game face I've ever seen, and just comes out and enjoy herself. Then we've got Miss yep. Ashley Gertzenberger, who runs a mini mod, and you know what? She's on a budget. She runs great. Given a little bit more money, she'd be stomping all the guys out there. That's the only thing holding yep. her back is the financing. You know, there's these young girls in the sport who clean up, take them out on a dinner date. You never know they were out there, but they're the gearheads. They're out there. Ashley's out there wrenching. Her boyfriend, Zach's got a, a circle track car. He just got done to go run up in Owendale on Sunday. She stayed home, helped him wrench on that, get that done. You know, kind of the dream girl for us gearheads, you know. And, but there's a lot of little girls out there who are going to the polls who wouldn't know that this is a girl out here pulling unless we bring it up. And it's not a sexist thing. That's the last thing from my mind. I Women are probably a lot tougher than we are. But going back to what I say with Max, you Simpson, ever watched any girl give birth? You know they're tougher oh, than we Oh Jesus are. Christ! Exactly. That anybody wants to doubt the strength of a woman, just go through. Jeez. You have guys go have kidney stones. You think that's bad? Try squeezing out something for you know a thousand times that size. You know through an area about the same size. But right. Max Simpson, he goes. You know what? He goes when it comes to drag racing, women are the better drag racers. You know why? My wife, my wife was a drag racer. They've got more patience than us. 
They go out there. I, They're not pushing for the extra ounce. You've, you've never met Kara. No, I, I haven't. That far to say that she has more patience. I know she's a saint. We'll she's married to you. She is a saint. There is absolutely <laughs> no questioning that. But, no, she was a drag racer when she was in high school. She, uh, Her brother and one of his buddies built a 68 Camaro with a uh, punched-out 350, um, and they ran it down at Eddyville as a, a, more or less as a bracket car. Um, and um, the buddy who actually owned the car was a big fellow like me, and, you know, they figured – you know, Paul and, and this guy who I actually have, I never met him. Um, but, uh, Kara was a lightweight and she was, you know, there was only one place in the world where she was heavy, her right foot. And she was properly heavy in the right foot. She still is today. Um, but yeah, she ran that, uh, she ran a 68 Camaro, uh, at Eddieville at the eighth of a mile. But that's what Max was saying as he goes, they're more consistent in bracket racing than the guys. The guys are trying to squeeze that last ounce out where the female racers will will run the numbers consistently. Yep, yep. and Kara, can run, Kara could run the number. She, yeah, she did well. I'm still waiting. The family has promised me for 15 years, they've promised me that there is VHS videotape of her doing this. I have yet to see it. Well, he'd probably end up with a grandkid if you got to see that video. You know. (laughs) So you know what? I'm happy with that discussion where it is. If you got a problem with it, Armstead, Andrew Armstead on Facebook, shoot me a private message. I'd love to hear somebody want to argue the other side of this point. And I will give, I will listen. I'll be honest. I will listen. Because I'm not one who just completely dismisses something just without merit. But that's our, my viewpoint on it. And it's not necessarily the other two's, but that's my viewpoint on it. Is I think they do need to be highlighted to uh, kind of spur another generation along. Because, you know, Shirley Muldowney, you know, Rodalyn Knox, Dusty Arfons, you know, Kathy Archer, who was probably one of my first crushes, you know, in pulling. Then now you look at the two-wheel drives, Renee Theobald, Ashley Corzine, um, oh, Lisa Tatum. Your boner. <laughs> Which, Nelson. Yes. <laughs> Lisa Tatum will all for Ill- end all, all be all. Lisa Tatum will always be a crush of mine, and unfortunately her boyfriend lives over in Zealand, but I'm I'm working a sponsorship deal with a guy over there, so <laughs> we're gonna leave that as that because it might be labeled as premeditated if I follow through any further, but you know, no. <laughs> You know, the, yeah, just these women, ability, yep, these women out here are out there kicking ass and showing, you know, what they can do. Let's get another, let's get more girls involved in this. You know, I, I, I love watching them going up to these, uh, garden tractor poles and doing it. What's, what's stopping them from having the follow through to get into the big stuff. Yep. So with that, Ryan, you want in on a rant today? Say that again. You want in on the rant today? Yeah, I'll stick around for that. <laughs> if for no other reason than to have a front row seat on this. So, with that, we're going to take a break. Armstead's running on nicotine, and he's already fired up, ready to go. So, I'm going to go choke down a cigarette. We're going to come back, and we've got a full-blown rant coming to you guys tonight. And this one will be no holds barred, and I will be naming names on this shit, because I am that sick and tired of shit. So, with that, 
We're going to take a break. This is Sidetracked on Pulling Radio Network. Summer is here, and that means backyard barbecues, graduation parties, and wedding receptions. Shouldn't you have the best version of yourself? Turn the focus of laser light into the glow of the spotlight with Laser RX. Permanent laser hair removal, and coming soon, hydrofacial microdermabrasion. Call 810-425-5261 or visit their office at 3071 Commerce Drive, Suite A in Fort Gratiot for a private consultation. All right, and we're back with Sidetracked. I'm pulling Radio Network. And no, I'm not going to say who the sponsor is just because of uh, what we're getting into. And this is a disclaimer right now. The viewpoints that will be brought up in this have nothing to do with Pulling Radio Network or any of Sidetrack's sponsors. No, this is expressly the viewpoints of Armstead. And I do believe Post, you in on, oh, right on board with this one. Oh, yeah. So, uh, in fact, I went so far as we've got rant music now. So, with this disclaimer, viewer discretion is advised because language is going to be above and beyond. Uh, if you got little ones, remove them from the room before you listen to this one because Armstead is lit. Yeah. <laughs> Gunfighter music, perfect. Yeah. Because this is going to be an OK Corral style shootout here tonight. Point blank, I love a lot of people in the diesel world. I'm going to give this disclaimer right off the get. A lot of the pullers I'm going to light into. It's nothing personal. It's the mentality that goes in, goes into this, causing this viewpoint by me. And I'm going to be naming names, and I don't give a fuck. If you got a problem with me about it, you can find me. I'm easy to talk to. But uh, and, and it's not going to end there, actually, because there's some broader implication on the backside. When he's finished, you get to deal with me. And we got a little side rant for the very end, so this is kind of going to be a two-part thing, and the other one isn't related. But first and foremost, I'm tired of the bitching, whining, pussy-ass attitude that goes with this fucking diesel truck world. Any class 3-0 and under at this point. 2-5 and under. 2-5 and under is where it ends. Because you don't hear it with the sanctioned classes picked up by PPL and fucking NTPA right now. Stop whining. You got 3-6-3-0 super stock diesel trucks. I don't hear the bitching, whining, pissing, moaning, complaining attitude that goes with it. The people that are out there going, you owe me every fucking dime because I showed up to your goddamn event. I'm fucking tired of it. I'm fucking tired of it. I went down to Legendary Diesel this weekend. I had a great time down there until a certain fucking point. I went down to UCC hating diesel trucks, as did myself and Dave Foltz. We did not like the diesel world. We were tired of the whining, the bitching, the moaning, complaining, the you owe me everything. I know everything involving the sport of truck and tractor pulling because you know what? Daddy paid for my fucking piece of shit truck that I come out there on the track with every goddamn week. Guess what? We walked away from UCC. We had a completely different mindset. Charles, you can agree to this. We actually had respect for some of the people out there that were competing. I walked in with a predisposition about Mr. Sean Baca from Industrial Diesel. I thought he was an arrogant, pompous ass with glitter and gel, gel and goddamn piercings and tattoos up the wazoo that he's a complete douchebag. Boy, did I ever eat crow. I was so fucking wrong with that, it wasn't even right. He is the nicest goddamn guy I've met in a long time. Very humble, very reserved. And you know what? Yeah, you see these videos out on industrial. You know what? 
He's being prompted to the guy behind the freaking video camera to make sound like he's a little arrogant, to talk about what's going on. He's getting forced to do that to hold up his end of a bargain for his fucking sponsor. The people we met at UCC were absolutely amazing competitors. Actually held the motorsport to a high, high accord. And, and they continue to interact with those guys, and they continue to prove that we were right in walking out of there thinking these are great people. I've, I've interacted with several of them. Awesome guys. Absolutely. Mike Graves, Sean Baca, LaVon Miller, Jaron Holder, um, Wade Minner. Of course, our good buddy Derek Rose. We've known him for a long time. You know, the guys from Power Driven. You know, you, you Randy. Randy Reyes. Thank you. Randy, a guy who just doesn't give a fuck. Sean Ellerton who was, to me, the epitome of what a competitor is supposed to be, blew his shit up in the dyno and was still willing to wrench and help everybody else get out there. That's what sportsmanship is. You know what? Not only do I want to go out there and compete, but I want to make sure everybody else out there having fun and competing, trying to hit the same end goal, which is, you know what? Putting on a goddamn show. That's what this whole thing is. This is a goddamn show. Without keeping the fans happy, we aren't going to have this show that you like going and doing. Your little fucking hobby. This isn't a lifestyle. This isn't, you know, how you're going to make your money end all be all if you're out there on the track competing. It's a goddamn hobby that you keep throwing money into. But these guys go out there and they proved us wrong. Then I went to Legendary Diesel this weekend. And boy, was I fucking disappointed when I left. And it had nothing to do with the promoters. And this has nothing to do with Legendary whatsoever. Mike Ring is a goofball. Yes, he is. But you know what? He's a good guy who likes putting on a good event. Chad Lindsay, another good guy, wanted to make sure he puts on a good event that people can come and enjoy. But you know what? Some fucking assholes down there went and ruined that. We get a guy who comes up with a 3.0 diesel truck, knocks the drools off the back, has a goddamn diamond plate tailgate on the back. Truck hasn't seen the goddamn road in probably five, six years since they built the truck. Has a Rockwell 120 underneath the back, hand throttle, no headlight in it, running in a hot street class, which is equivalent to a 2.5. Yes, he did put a 2.5 charger cover over his 3.0 turbocharger, but it was not a 2.5 or under truck. No, it was a 3.0 truck. There was a judgment call made on the track. Do I agree with it? You know what? I will, because it was a decision made by the track judge. Your big end flag man's the one who has the responsibility over that entire goddamn track. It's not the starting flag man. It has nothing to do with anybody in the sled because you know what? They're just rented bodies in there facilitating the show. They have no decision-making force whatsoever. So do I agree with the call? Yes, I do because it was made. Would I have made that call? No, I wouldn't have. But I've also been around the sport longer, and I'm also willing to push the fringes. Everybody's seen how close I stand to the track. Charles watched me nearly get taken out twice up in Peck because I'm a little too fucking brazen in my job. But when you come into a class, beat up on people with trucks that are nowhere near your size, come out in second place, get disqualified, not because you beat the guy who owns the shop's truck, who's putting on the event. No, because you were illegal to begin with. You wind your way into the spot of the class because your truck, your hitch was illegal on your truck. Then then bitch because you got disqualified because you didn't get your $200 for fucking second place. Give me a goddamn break. 
you're seeing it all being blown up all over Facebook on the legendary page about how these people, you know, came out, got first place, and were denied it at the very end of the pass. No, you were being questioned the minute you backed into the sled. I was already calling for you to be re-teched because no way in fuck you were going to pass tech. You show up late to our event. You miss the driver's meeting. You miss the goddamn true teching time. You wind your way into it, and you bitch because your $25 you paid wasn't being refunded to you when you made the comment that, oh, we're just here to have fun and try tuning the truck. I don't give a fuck. You can go home, keep your 25 bucks. but you know what? When you're out there cheating, blatantly fucking cheating, you don't have a space in this goddamn sport. Yes, in this sport, we make horsepower by reading between the lines. We look for them gray areas to exploit, to get that edge on our competitors. Everybody's doing it. But to blindly go against black and white written rules just because you have to have the bigger pecker at this point is just ridiculous. Now you want to get me going on work stock trucks. That's fine, whatever. Lucas Sparks, you might hate my guts. That's fucking fine. But you know what? I also walked up to you at that event to ask you how you were doing. Because you know what? I don't have a problem with you personally. I really don't. I think you're a hardworking individual who takes great care of his daughter. And buses ass to make a living day in, day out. My issue with you is your goddamn work stock rules where you don't have a plausible thing to come up for a Duramax charger that will be legal. Because stock appearing, you can fit a 72 millimeter wheel in a stock appearing housing. We've seen it. We've seen it. Also, you're running a 6.4 liter, which from the factory has compound chargers. Now, what are you allowed? Two stock appearing compound chargers? Okay, well, what do the Dodge guys do? They're stuck with a small turbo from the factory. Give me something that balances the horsepower across the board so everybody can compete on a square playing field. I'll look at the class and give it some credit. Until then... Don't go bitching and whining about what a horrible announcer I am, what a shitty job I do, when all I'm coming after you about is a goddamn set of rules. I don't attack you personally. I don't say you do a hack job with your excavating company. I've never once said that. But if you want to go around, talk to my friends and badmouth me, at least have the balls to do it to my face. You had a half hour to do it at the legendary event, and all you did was bullshit with me. I'm fucking tired of it. Now let's talk 2.5 diesel trucks, because I'm on a fucking roll. TTPA made a rule change last year that is not favorable by a lot of people. I wasn't pleased with it, but it was a rules clarification. I get that. 2.5, the horsepowers are getting way too out of goddamn control for a class that should be 800 to 1,000 horsepower. Work stock should be between 6 and 8. That's how it should break down. They clarified the rules, and you know what? Some people got burned by it. But you know what? There are people who are coming out to put on a show. And all I kept seeing posted on Facebook was about so-and-so one with a legal charger. Guess what? The crowd doesn't need to know that because it puts a black eye on the organization. Keep your goddamn drama in the pits. If you got a problem with somebody, man up and go talk to them personally. None of this talking back and forth on fucking social media. I'm done with it. I'm tired of it. If you don't have a pair of cojones to go talk to somebody and deal with that issue that way, then you don't belong in this sport. Now this year, we're having problems with turbochargers built to spec that aren't passing the tech because the backside of the charger does not meet spec. They're 14 fucking thousands over. They're not sky mile big. What they're trying to do is be able to get a charger off the shelf 
that is at the maximum for the class to get the most horsepower they can, which is the name of the sport. And without spending seven to 10000 for a completely custom housing, they can't do it. Now, we got to work on something there. But this goddamn bullshit whining saying so-and-so's cheating or so-and-so's cheating, who gives a fuck? Man up, grow a pair of balls, and go out and just fucking beat them on the track. Be the better person and put your money where your mouth is. Instead, you want to run your fucking mouths on social media. It, it doesn't fucking work that way. This sport wasn't built on people who had the who went around whining. I don't care if it's a millennial goddamn viewpoint or what, because a lot of the people that are whining are not fucking millennials. No, they're people who are of age that very well should know how to deal with shit on their own. Just fucking handle it on the track. Now, another issue I have with the diesel truck classes is you won't shut up long enough to listen to the gas truck guys, the diesel tractor guys, <coughs> the modified guys, anybody who's been this sport longer than you guys have been in existence. Diesel trucks have only been around about 15 fucking years. You're new to the game. Welcome to the rules, rookies. You got to deal with some shit. Take it from people who've dealt with turbocharger rules, have dealt with tire rules, have dealt with chassis rules in the past and have able to been settle it. No, well, I'm different because I got a diesel truck. Well, you know what? All I'm th- finding out diesel trucks are is a goddamn pecker extension for people who are too goddamn inept in bed to perform for their goddamn significant other. That's the only thing it is at this point is a goddamn pecker measuring contest. You wonder why you get no credence given to you by NTPA, PPL, Outlaw, any of the major organizations. Till you get your goddamn house in a row, they're not going to look at you. They don't want to deal with your drama. They don't want to hear you coming up so-and-so's cheating every goddamn week. They don't want that. You know why? Because it's headache. It's headache. Instead, you want to bitch your local goddamn brush pole because so-and-so's cheating. Well, I'll guarantee we go over your truck fine-tooth comb, we're going to find something that isn't in the rules. It's par for the course. Everybody's going to be fine in a little bit. But the blatant outright cheating got has to fucking stop. The whining has to fucking stop. The goddamn going around behind people's back talking shit has to stop. We're not goddamn middle school girls gathering up our goddamn friends because we don't like so-and-so. We're supposed to be men and women out there competing. If you got a problem with somebody... Go to your head tech official for your class. Everybody knows who that is because they're the ones who come around and check your goddamn truck every year. Talk to them about the issue. Throw the money out there if you think they're that blatantly cheating. Uh, most clubs out there got a challenge rule. I think, thumb, what is it, 300 bucks. You can put your money where your mouth is and have somebody challenged. If you feel that strongly about it that you can go badmouth them up and down, put your money where your fucking mouth is. 300 bucks. You spend more than that in fuel to go to, to and from two fucking pulls normally. I, I'm fucking done with it. I am fucking done with it. The whining, the bitching, the complaining. I need beer. <laughs> take a drink, take a deep breath. That's right. Is that vein still popped out all over his forehead, Charles? Which one? Or did, it, or did they rupture? I've got a sweat worked up from that fucking rant. <laughs> I can imagine you, you're pretty good at lathered. I'm fucking tired of it. If, if, you, if you can't come play the sport of polling, take up fucking golfing. That way you can change your goddamn score so you look good for your fucking friends. 
Here's the thing I don't appreciate about this whole situation that took place at Legendary. These guys have come together and they put together a brand new event. Now, something happened that probably didn't start off on the best footing. True enough. But it got made much, much worse on social media because of mob mentality. You bunch of lemmings who followed somebody who was playing the poor me game on you. You're victims. You've been victimized by somebody who's only telling you part of the story. And now you think that Legendary is a bunch of fucking idiots and they don't know what they're doing and you're not going to support their event next year. And maybe the news cycle's gone too far and the rest of the story isn't going to get to you until when this show airs Thursday night. And by then you'll have forgotten about it. But the guys behind this have made some mistakes. They didn't tell you the whole truth. They didn't tell you everything. They told you they read the rule books, top, bottom, sideways. Did they? Must have OEM axle housings is available on a one-ton or less truck. They had Rockwells. Trucks disqualified anyway. Must have all body panels in full working running gear, including all headlights. Right front one's missing in the video. Not You're disqualified factory anyway. Factory tailgate's missing. Factory tailgate's missing. Now you're disqualified for a fourth reason. Truck must be DOT road legal. Well, 100% reflective window tints is not road legal, at least not in the state of Michigan. You're still disqualified. Okay? You had a bullshit truck. You had a bullshit truck in the class to begin with. You should not have been allowed to go through. And I hear the argument coming. The tech guy let me go. The tech guy let me go. I'll get to that one in a minute. I'm not done talking about the specifics of this particular instance. Oh, it's cheating. They changed their minds. They disqualified me at the pay window. That's not fair. That's making up rules as they go. But then I went out on the track, on the track and the flagman changed his mind, said, no, I shouldn't be disqualified. Well, is it cheating when they change the rules on the fly at the pay window, but it's not when your fucking ass is standing on the track arguing about it after the fact? You can't have it both ways. Oh, but I wasn't out of control. I wasn't out of control. Then watch your own damn video. Why'd you pedal job the truck at 280 feet? Answer me that if you weren't out of control. Oh, I got one on that one, too. Go for it, please. For all you idiots on there saying the sled operator at that point could have locked up the brakes on the sled and stopped that pulling vehicle. Well, obviously, you have just raised yourself not from just a half wit, but to a complete moron. At 280 feet, that sled is in full transfer, which I had discussed at the beginning of that class, which means the rear tires are completely off the ground. The only thing contacting the ground is the pan. Now, Craig Storm, our sled operator, who people say, well, he shouldn't be operating sled. Well, he's been operating sled since he was 16. He's 48, 49 years old now. He's forgotten more tractor pulls than you've ever been to in your life. <coughs> How can you lock up brakes when they don't touch the ground and bring a pulling vehicle to a stop? Oh, but don't, don't, don't the pans have grousers that they can drop into the ground? What do you mean? Not outside the, not outside the sled, uh-huh. the cab. Because you know what? If he dropped them in the ground, now he made a change of the sled, and guess what? We got to reset the whole fucking class. Yep. That's a sled change. But what do we know? We're just idiot announcers. Oh, and the sled operator? He's in charge of the entire pull. We don't, you know... We, we pulled till the sled says red. Well, you know, last time I checked, the head track official was actually in charge of the track, not the sled operator. He may see things 
that the sled operator can't and display something called a red flag to you. But because you pull the sled till it's red, you don't pay any attention to that red flag waving flagman out there. Oh, no, no. You've got eyes in the back of your head that are fucking awesome. And you see that light come on behind you and then you stop. Oh, okay. Oh, three sure. times during the driver's meeting, three fucking times, I said, pay attention to your flagman. And I also said, the flagman has a final call. He is my head track official. Here's another mistake you made. Yeah, but yeah, but you forget they weren't there for the for the drivers meeting on purpose. Which is why when I announced the drivers meeting, Charles has been to many of them when I announced for them. Attendance is mandatory. Yeah. Well, you made another mistake too because you said when this flagman, you know, if you'd have known, the flagman would have told you on the track that you'd been disqualified. Well, you know, the, the sheet says you know you can you can enter as many times as you want, even multiple vehicles in the same class if it's okay, if they're, if they're not full of rolls. Well, the rule book that you claimed you studied at the very bottom of the sheet says that once the class has started, no more entries are accepted. So you're still disqualified. I've now kicked you out five different ways. Oh, let's return back to the, the tech guy. The tech guy let me go. I got on the track. The tech guy let me go. This this tech guy let me go thing sounds like the sort of argument a sophomore would make after bombing a test he didn't study for, and now he's trying to get extra credit. Let's call the tech guy what he actually is. The tech inspector just because he missed it on your vehicle and this isn't just relevant to this past weekend i hear this shit about all kinds of racing all the time just because the tech inspector missed something on your vehicle doesn't mean it's now suddenly permitted the responsibility for making sure that your competition vehicle meets the rule book does not belong with the tech inspector it belongs with it you belongs to you you read that rule book you Make sure your vehicle conforms. You, if you're unclear about something and need a clarification, you ask. Just because a tech guy lets you on the track with it doesn't mean it's now suddenly legit. You are also subject to post-event inspections. And if they find you with it afterwards, you're still disqualified. Oh, well, the tech guy let me go. Bullshit. You had the responsibility for knowing that that shit was illegal when it went on the track. You went down the track anyway. Take your lumps. Take some self-responsibility for your competition vehicle and take some responsibility for not paying attention to what that guy down on the end of the track is waving at you. I called for reinspection of that truck the minute it hit the track. The first time I saw it, I deemed it illegal. Had nothing to do with Chad Lindsay. Nothing. Absolutely nothing to do with him. I met Chad Lindsay that day. Do I have any... Anything I owe to him that I feel I've got to make him look better? Absolutely not. When I go to pull or I promote a pull, I don't have any favorites. I'm not going to cut corners or bend the rules for any one of my friends because I've got a lot of friends in the sport, and that gets very hairy. I make my career on the sport of truck and tractor pulling and what my word is and what my interpretation of rules are. Now, while I find rules, or use the rules as they are written to make sure somebody who breaks gets time to repair, absolutely, because I'll do that for anybody. Chad Lindsay, throttle linkage was broke. Came back out, had to work on the truck on the hook. He was on a three-minute clock. He was down to five seconds left. I had my clock running on my phone. Got the truck together, completed a pass. Otherwise, I would ask him to leave the track. It's game. That's how the game's done. 
There are definite rules set that everybody has to follow by. Just because the event promoter, you think that, well, since we beat his truck, they disqualified us. Nobody knew who the hell you were. Nobody knows who you are. Nobody oh, but cares every, but, who you but are. But everybody who knows me knows that I don't behave like that. Well, you must not be very Bullshit. good. Bullshit. You, you came up bitching right away to my distance, people, about the payout. You must not be very good because I don't know who the hell you are. It's fucking ridiculous is what it is. And all of you who said I'm and not going to And the person who posted the video and doing the ranting isn't even the goddamn driver of the truck. No, no it's, it's not. goddamn nut swinging a buddy. All you people who bought into this under a bullshit pretense and say you're not going to go to Legendary next year, you're not going to attend the event, you're not going to participate in it, the event went pretty darn well. There was only one guy who had a problem, and he was there fucking with things from the get-go. Your mileage may vary. Diesel trucks, get your house in order. Till then, short of 3 and up, I have a hard time calling you a legitimate pulling class. I'm to that point. I'm done with it. I am done with it. I'm done with the whining. Next person who approaches me at a pull, unless they want to discuss what I talked about in this rant, which I will talk to you, I have no problem doing that. Charles knows I'm a very easy person to talk and discuss things with. I'm very level-headed on that. No, we'll listen to you. You know, we'll... We'll even take the time to consider the argument. You may not get a response from us right away because maybe you make a good point. We need to think about it. But don't come up to me whining because I called you bullshit. No, that's it. That's the thing. Look, we might be taking a risk with our announcing careers by doing things like these rants. But you know what? It's just because we're calling a spade a spade. And if you can't handle that, well, you need to find something else to do, okay? I would rather stand here and speak truth and, and cut through the bullshit and maybe cost myself some work rather than to be phony and fake and smooth it all through. Uh, we're not going to do that. That's not what this show was founded upon. And we're not going to start now. I don't put my hand head in the sand. I'm not an ostrich. I'm much too fat for that. <laughs> <laughs> now, mind you, I did this whole rant without a cigarette or I did have a half a cigarette, but I also had to drink Bud Light during it. So this is not a good day. Oh, boy. But if you got a problem no, with... You kind of you, you stacked the deck on that one. I mean, you could have been you could have been talking about the most awesome thing in the world, and you still would have sounded like you hated it. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you want, you want to come prove to me that diesel trucks hold the place in the sport of pulling. Get your house in order. Shut your Quit whining. Ass up. Just show up and pull. Have a good time. Help fellow competitors out when they're broke. Here's a list of tips. Don't sit there just laughing about them for you. it. Just come out. Have a good time. Put on a show for the fans. Because that's all that matters. Is that the fans go away having a good time. Right now, diesel trucks are just living out there because the fans absolutely love them. But there's a matter of time where the fans' love and the promoter's headache crosses over to a point that the promoter can no longer justify having you out on that track. And that day is coming very soon. And if you don't get your house in order, you'll be another class that just fades off into the dunce. And I'm not going to miss it. Because I'm not going to miss a headache. Bye-bye, son of a bitch. 
Exactly. Now we got another rant. This one isn't going to be as heavily, heavily in depth, but uh, Ryan, I'm going to let you uh, do your sidetrack debut rant, or at least premise what this rant is. And this will tie into the diesel trucks because I've heard about this from several diesel truck pullers also is uh, why don't you explain what, uh, what we're talking about. And uh, we already talked about the past and uh, what went on, but why, why don't you feel everybody in who's still possibly listening? Well, the, we, let me premise this. We have, or have not talked about, the pass in Ellsworth with the with the four one limited row the Hampton Hooker. Uh, we've only talked about it in the context of photography, but we haven't actually talked yeah. about what what went on there. Okay, so Saturday night, um, the big the showdown in Kurttown, um, big NTPA hook uh, in Wisconsin. Um, they held a class. Well, they ran every class under the sun. I think they ran nine or ten, um, and the one of the classes, which was, you know, it was always a popular class for unlimited pros. Um, and we had one tractor and I was not there for this. I saw the video probably before most everybody else did. Uh, a buddy of mine was at the pole. He took a picture, he took video of, uh, the instant replay board and he sent it to me at about 1130 at night. Uh, when we were in between classes at, uh, in Mexico and I looked at it and I just about dropped my phone. Um, Hampton Hooker, which was, I believe, someone correct me if I'm wrong on this, but it was either NTPA, um, Grand National Champion 4-1 Limited Pro, or it was Region 3 or Region 5. Region, uh, uh Region 3. Was it Region 3? Yeah. Um, okay. Strong, tough running 4-1 Limited Pro makes good passes. Um, but everybody has a bad night. Um, and tonight or that night was the Hampton hookers bad night. And it was the worst night I've seen in a long time. Made a great pass. Um, got out to, I don't know, 300, 310 feet. Maybe. No, I think it was less. Um, I think it was in the 295. Or it was right about when the pan hit. It was. Yeah. It, it, but, at any rate, as it's starting to come in, uh, come to rest, um, or as it's coming to a stop, and and the you know the forces are greatest on the motor. Uh, that's when she decided I've had enough and I'm going by. And the motor blew up, um, took the front half of the tractor off, um, actually launched everything. Off steering the wheel and all. Um, steering wheel, steering column, the whole works. Um, Everything was torn off of this uh, off of this tractor when it when that block let go, and um, you know it it made for a very impressive video. I mean, just for the you know the whole I don't know the 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 gawker media so to speak um, the you know everybody who wants to see uh, a fight at a hockey game. It was a great carnage pass. Yeah, it was a great carnage pass. It was a horrible night for those guys. I feel awful for them. Um, fortunately, thank the good Lord, nobody was hurt. Um, but the next morning or the next afternoon, at some point in time, uh, photos, still photos, were released of 
uh, of the explosion. And they were, like I said, some of the greatest carnage photos I have ever seen. Um, but the only ones, the only other ones that I've seen that were on par with that were when uh, Jack launched his block at uh, Bowling Green last year. Uh, Harold Cart got some pretty incredible shots of that as it was happening. Easy with the name uh, dropping. We haven't gotten Harold wrapped up as a sponsor yet, so. Ah, perfect. Well, hopefully that helps. We'll just make sure when we see him this this summer, we slap him on the back nice and hard. <laughs> oh wow! There's some things I won't um, even do. <laughs> that, that being said, the photos were released of uh, some incredible photos were released um, of it happening, uh, stop motion. And the very first thing that I noticed when I looked at them was that um, a the wheel when it when it left when the steering column left I'm amazed that it didn't break the driver's hand. Um, but what was more incredible to me than that was that he had his helmet or he had his visor up for the what appeared to be the whole run. Um, I don't believe that the force of the blast lifted that visor i suppose it's not completely impossible but that's yeah, pretty uh, close to sure impossible would, it, it sure would seem like it would have to be an awful specialized force to lift that visor which tells me that that visor was up when he left the starting line that is not okay that is not okay and i believe in both rule books it was it was thrown out that in the ntpa rule book there has to be a visor attached to the helmet, that, but it does not have to be in the down position oh, when you leave. Oh, no. I don't know if that's true or not. No, it's, I don't have an NTP. It has to be down. Na- name that tractor, Charles. That's called the Mike Wilhite rule. Bingo. Bingo. Ask Mike and how his eyebrows are. Yeah. So, anyway, that's that. my concern was that why was that not enforced? on the line. And I, and so I went back through and I looked at my, you know, I looked at my photos from, um, Mexico that I took this past weekend. And sure enough, I saw the same thing on, on my, on my side. Um, everything from, uh, heavy supers to, uh, pro farms. Um, and you know, even though, you know, the pro farms aren't making anywhere near as much power as some of you know, the heavy diesel supers or, or the light alky supers or any of those classes. They're still making quite a bit of power. And if anything goes wrong and a fitting, a hose, a something or other, God knows what, dislodges from the tractor and whacks you in between the eyes, you're either going to the morgue or you're going into a coma. And it ain't gonna be pretty. And I mean, somebody said somebody made the argument that while well, those visors don't stop, you know, they won't stop diddly squat. Well, you want to know something? Um, who was it in Formula One? Um, was it uh, uh, was it, is it Felipe Massa? No, Mal- Charles, help me out. No, Massa's still alive. I know who you're talking about though. Um, you remember that? Yes, something, I forget what it was, but something came off of the, tra- uh, the 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 car in front of him. Well, it wasn't Formula. Yeah, no, I forget the name. It, the name, but it wasn't Formula One. It was IndyCar, and it happened at Pocono. Um, a suspension no, piece. No, 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 no. I'm talking. Of, I'm talking about an F1 incident. Oh. Where Felipe Massa was was um, on track practicing, and whoever it was in front of him 
something came off, something fell apart, whatever. But it was like a bolt or a nut or something onto the car, um, bounced, and it hit Felipe in the head. Felipe is wearing... Oh, okay. A, I think I've got a vague memory dollar. of this now. Uh, he's wearing, I mean, he's wearing a Formula One helmet. Formula One is the most expensive motorsport in the world. Top technology all the way through. None of this cheap, let's go out to Amazon and buy the cheapest helmet we can find business. He's wearing a helmet that probably cost a million dollars. And that thing, that whatever that thing was that hit him, um, hit the visor, the visor deflected it, I think. But still, he ended up in the hospital, and he was in the hospital for months while he was recovering. Now, he is, thank the good Lord, he's made a full, a full recovery. I'm pretty sure he's even driving again. Oh, yeah, he's um, racing but currently. At one point, but, uh, and, but at one point in time, they weren't even sure that he was, gonna, that he was going to have normal brain function. And he's wearing a million-dollar helmet. You're wearing a not-million-dollar helmet. You're wearing an eight hundred dollar helmet, which is probably still great, and it'll probably protect. <laughs> On the most, you're buying the cheapest helmet you can get at a Jags or Summit for the most part in this well, damn sport. Yeah, I, I mean, some people do that. Most people don't, that I know of anyway. And but all of that goes to crap. All that goes to pot if you don't flip that freaking visor down. Come on, and, you can say fucking. You know, it's okay. Plenty of people, and I've talked to people about it because. If you if you're thinking back through Louisville, um, one of the alcohol supers blew a line on I think a test pass. He was first hooked. Um, he came back to the line, uh, but he, had, unbeknownst to him, he had he had poked a hole in the line. And when he brought the tractor up to on RPMs to leave uh, that you know pinhole leak in the in the fuel line became a whole lot bigger of a problem, and it started spraying fuel. Fuel ignited, and all this stuff traveled out and up onto him, um, and darn near burned him. Um, at one point in time, because I've got photos of it, I was taking photos of while he was at the line, and thank God I had my long lens on because I was actually able to capture some of it. But that fire, when that leaped out in in Louisville this year, that fire leaped out of the out of the hood and up on him, and it was a big fireball, and it burned his eyebrows off and. You know, the whole thing. Um, he didn't get hurt other than being a little warm and losing all the hair on the side of his face. But he didn't have his visor down. Had he had his visor down, that wouldn't have been an issue. He would have been warm, maybe, but nothing would have gotten singed. And he got lucky. And Will Hike got lucky. How much do you want to push your luck? If a fuel fitting comes off because the hood blows or whatever... And it comes and it hits you between the eyes. There is not a second chance. There is there isn't a second chance in the world. The the odds would just absolutely not happen. That thing is going to go bludgeon you into the in your skull, and you're either going into a coma or you're going into a body bag. That doesn't help you. That doesn't help your family. That doesn't help your competitors. That doesn't help the fans or the sport. And so I guess my rant is kind of twofold. There's one that, you know, as pullers, you know, we know the risks, but we got to take some responsibility for that. So we got to do what we have to do to protect ourselves. 
to set a good example for the other people in the class. Because what if there's a 16-year-old kid in the pro farm class or the you know the farm stock class or whatever? Says, well, so and so isn't wearing his visor down. Why do I have to? It helps me see better. This, that, or the other thing. Well, you know what? If something does happen and you get burned or you know you catch a, a, a piece of shrapnel in the in the face, uh, uh-uh. it's not that other guy. It's you. You're dead. You're injured. You're maimed. You're hurting. You're whatever. It will not end well. So, I mean, part of the rant is is that I think pullers need to do a better job of remembering this and get a better fitting helmet. I've heard excuses. Whenever I flip the visor down, the you know the, the face shield always falls up, and I can't see spot diddle. Rainex you know dish soap. Yep. Yeah, Rainex dish soap. Get a get a, a helmet with some vents out the back. Whatever. There are plenty of ways to solve this problem. If you need to find some, you contact me. I will help you find some. I will get you in touch with anybody who you want to help you figure out how to solve the fogging issue. You know, you got to take a you got to take a little responsibility for this. The this, other people who I can go ahead. This brings up a point that once again falls in with the diesel truck assholes. Yeah, you guys have gotten labeled now. Well, my truck's got a full interior. Why do I need to wear a fire suit in 2.5? Shit happens. Because your interior is flammable, dummy. Diesel doesn't burn. Oh, yeah, it does. Trust me, I got a pickup truck that burns diesel right now sitting in the driveway that I'm about ready to prove that point with. Ask Steve Burge or Jeff Demers if they don't. you don't get a big fire out of a diesel. <laughs> we don't even have to ask them. Jeff Hurt, how many times has your diesel been on fire? You need the proper safety equipment. Visors down, people. Come on. Now, trust me. Would I like to have a cool, old-school, open-face helmet? Absolutely. But it would sit on the shelf. I might be an ugly-looking motherfucker, but you know what? I don't need to make it any worse. Come on, people. This is basic. Mike This, you know, every rule in the rule book has a name to it. Found this out firsthand, what it's like. And he walked away very lucky. He walked away very lucky. Alcohol fire. Nobody knew he was on fire. Visor up. If I remember right, he didn't even have a visor on the helmet. It was full face, but no visor. That was something like that. Yeah. He's very lucky he can see right now. All it takes is an oil line, fuel line. Hell, for those tractors that are running in the hot too hot to farm class that they require helmets, but you still got a radiator. Take a burst radiator line blowing back at mm-hmm. you. Yeah. <laughs> no, thank you. Exactly. No way. No way. Better yet, if you don't think that's going to phase you, drive your car across state or at least, hell, even cross county. Leave the car running. Pop the hood. Now, on some of the newer ones with the auxiliary reservoir, you might not be able to do this. Find yourself an old Chevy 350 or something where they got the nice radiator cap on the top. Look right square over it. Take that radiator cap off as fast as you can and tell me how much you enjoy that boiling hot steam that's going to flash into your face. That's an awful lot of money for the stupidest idea I've ever heard. And if you can honestly tell me that felt great and are willing to withstand it, 
guess what? You're never going to be allowed in pulling again because you're the biggest idiot I've met this week. Just this week. Yep. Just this week. Oh, they make better idiots every day. Trust me. But come on, guys. This is safety stuff. This isn't stuff to fuck around with. Those rules are no, in place for a reason. No, and, but there's a second part of this rant, I think, that needs to... that, And, and I don't want to bag on organizations, but... I All right, that, I know where you're going with it, and I will bag on the organizations. We talked about how the het- track officials at the big end of the track. Yep. There are responsibilities for that flag man that's sitting out 7,500 foot. Your job is not only to be responsible for that seven, first 75 to 100 foot and to give the final green flag when the tractor's ready to go, but you're also in charge of making sure that neck brace is in place, visors are down, gloves are on, fire suits are zipped up. That is part of your responsibility. Derek Barger got off the week got off the line at Wellington this weekend with the whiplash collar swinging from the roll cage. Yeah. All you got to do, you got a guy there hooking. Point it out to him. Tell him, put the fucking gloves on. Tell him, hey, neck bracing on. Hey, flip your visor down. It ain't that hard, but your responsibility to me, and this is with Thumb. Thumb, it's the responsibility of our 75-foot track official. And Chris is usually pretty good about... He's very good about making sure. Pointing it out, yep. Is make sure you get your safety equipment on. It's on there for a reason. Do we purposely want to boil you out on a 90-degree day? Because, no, we're sweating our asses out there, too. We're miserable. But we, right. but we just don't want to see you get hurt. Because then the insurance starts. I'll trade you. I'd rather be hot as hell in that seat for five minutes yeah. than doing what I do. I'll trade you every day of the yeah, week. Yeah, because we don't get to go hide in a trailer or go find a, you know. Hell, you got to that's why go I, escape the you've heard, you've heard me. You've heard me say this before. You had a bad day? No, you had more fun than I did. You got to put a helmet on. Yep. But no, the, uh, so I, I know you don't want to say it, Ryan, but yeah, it is the responsibility of that that small side track official to make sure that the proper safety attire is in place before that green flag is dropped. Hold up the show. I understand hook times are a big thing. Making sure you get turn the hooks as quick as you can. But never, ever sacrifice safety just for the fake sake of rushing through an event yep yep and and i think that after i think that after this i guarantee you that it'll be mentioned in probably 75 percent of the drivers meetings this week because i know that it'll be talked about in the pits all full yeah you know, i hope the, it is the hook and, you know there's there's god knows how many ntpa ppl outlaw you know, they've all got hooks this weekend in handfuls of different places. Badger State's got hooks, Thumb, Wolverine. You know, they've all got hooks. I guarantee you somebody talks to somebody else. Did you see the video of, of the Hampton hooker, that uh, that John Deere, blah, 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 blah. It, it's, you know, it's water cooler conversation, you know. And I do think that because of that, I think that um, it'll get mentioned. Uh, I, I guarantee you that it'll be mentioned at uh, uh, any of the, you know, Grand National or, or the Champs Tour or the Silver Series event. Oh, you guarantee Uncle Larry's guarantee already on on the ball on that oh, one. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I know, and I know Clint and Brandon do for the Western Series. I guarantee it. Clint's a stickler on that too. Um, 
you know, every now and again he'll miss one or two. Um, but he's usually, he's usually, if he's at the line, he makes sure that that, um, that that visor is down. And he's not usually the 75 foot official. I've never seen Clint flag a class in my life. Uh, usually because he's trying to wrangle tractors and such. Um, well, you can see, you can watch videos from reiterated. Yeah. You can watch videos from Gordyville or Ducoin or going back through time and Clint's back there doing lineups. And he's, the last thing he does is he's, he's looking in that cockpit before he turns the track over to the, to the flag guys. Yep. Yep. So, all right, Ryan, that's, we got that's, one more thing out of you. No, we got one more thing. You've listened okay. to the show. What do we ask every guest? What are your heroes and legends? Heroes and legends. Oh, that one's an easy one. That one's an easy one. I got the heroes and legends that I grew up that I grew up watching um, were some of the same guys that you guys grew up watching. Um, Jerry Van Dorpy, Jim Shandorf, and the Radical Red, Arnie Kwiatkowski. Good choices there. Yeah, very good choices. Yeah. What I wouldn't give, seriously, what I wouldn't give to see those three tractors run together at Hudsonville one more time. Really and truly. Some of my very... uh, That's a mic drop moment. That's a mic drop moment. Well, can you imagine? I mean, I can't even imagine. And, and And when I say Arnie's tractor, I don't mean the green one. Nope. No. I'd like to see the mag. I'd like to see the magnum pedal. Uh, wild thing. Mm-hmm. Which one? First one or the MX? Uh, I never saw one with MX metal. I saw one with. I saw one with magnum metal. That one, I will. We will see, and uh, I will see it in Shedden. Yes. No, I'll see it in Dungan. It's over with Ontario Truck Tractor Pullers. No, running as a pro stock. That one the went. I heard from Arnie to Ken Measle, right? Yeah. Yes. Then from Ken Measle, it went down to Chris Kane. Of course, we know his dad, Tim Kane, with Red Gambler. It became uh, Aces Wild, a uh, pro stock uh, on I did diesel. I not know that. And then from there, it's now up in uh, Ontario, running with Ontario truck tractor pullers. I can't remember the guy's name, um, but I probably will be seeing him Saturday. But it's running over there. I didn't know that. I never knew where that tractor went after Kenny Measle. Yep. I remember. I remember what caused Kenny Measle to buy that tractor. Yeah. I was there the night it. I was there the night it happened. Yeah, that was a pretty big first, boomer. It was the first time I'd ever seen an explosion launch a block, and it it shot that block out in front of that tractor by a solid fifteen feet, and Arnie won because it was a pull off between him and Arnie. I miss actually Kenny having the old groundhog, especially at the last version, the one that blew up when it was a full Esden Lane turbo setup. That was a badass diesel super here on the state circuit. Well, now wait a second. You called it the groundhog. I was I was under the impression that it was mining for dollars. Uh, well, later in its life, it was mining for dollars. Yeah, Kenny always called them mining That's for what dollars. It was when it blew up. Yeah, but the but the diesel version of mining for dollars was uh, Tom Morsey's groundhog. To, uh, the Measel family bought that from Morsey in '95, uh, I believe, or the or the winter, okay. the off season between '94 and '95. Okay, that makes sense, and the timelines are going to work out just about perfect because I think I think it was '97 when I saw him go kablooey. I think 
Uh, 99. He blew that thing yeah, up that was... in 99. That was the end of it. Then they went to the MX uh, 240 sheet metal for the second edition. Uh... Yeah, because the diesel mining never had a roll cage, and he blew it up, and yep. then they took a season off while they bought Wild Thing. Yep, then Arnie built the MX Wild Thing, which went to Roberts. Roberts bought it, yeah. Yep. That was actually the oh, first okay. big toy. That was the first big I toy. Think. Then Slow Ride became the second one, if memory serves me correct. Yep, and Ryan's toy they built. Yep, Ryan's toy was built. And that's okay. when Taking Care of Business came around. Got it. I'll fill you in on that and... story on why they went from red to green. And actually, it would have been a really cool story, but... Well, something they want, yeah, something they wanted to do. Yeah, no, there, and there's more to that story than just the switch from red to green. But that's one for another day. We're 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 running late. Yeah, we're running late. <laughs> we, that's for sure. You, we still got another commercial to record. So, <laughs> oh god, that's right. So, uh, Ryan, where can we find your photos? Uh, right now, you can find uh, my photos if you go to. Um, Instagram. Uh, I'm on Instagram, and my username is at rroosink. It's r r o o s s i n c k. Um, you can also find me on Facebook, where I'm putting out albums. Or I'm trying to put out albums of every event that I make. Um, last year, I made 15 or 16 events. I think this year it'll probably be more. Um, but my name is Ryan Rusink, so find me i'm not too terrible hard to find you'll find my work on beer money um as i do shoot for them quite a bit um and you'll also find my work uh on the lucas oil champion seeds western series uh facebook page which you should be liking and following um and uh then you know wherever else you uh you look around you might find things uh, that have been that are mine that uh, uh, may have been stolen and posted <laughs> and this and that and the other thing. Because that, that never happens. Creative with watermarks. I'm trying to make my watermarks a little bit like Where's Waldo. Um, <laughs> no, I'm serious. Look at the look at the album from Mexico. You'll see my my watermarks. They they grow. They shrink. They move. They become Perfect. transparent. Oh yeah, they're all over the place. Fuck it's, you, it's, Eric Pinnell. <laughs> yeah i'm in that so, mood yeah, now uh, where can we find uh ryan this weekend and now charles you're gonna be uh, pissed at here in this one uh, no i am not i will not make say yet um but i will definitely be because i live in des moines um the red power roundup starts tomorrow morning national convention yep the national <laughs> convention the the greatest collection of I'm going to send you a list of stuff I want personal shots of. <laughs> uh, you know what? I'll see what I can do for you. Um, I may be shooting for uh, uh, the Des Moines Board of uh, Tourism, um, but uh, you know we'll sneak in a few shots for you here and there. The only thing, uh, the only... it should be it should be good. I've already I've already seen pictures of of uh, various different tractors uh, coming in on flatbeds. Um, and I'll bet that there is just a huge collection of iron over at the state fairgrounds right now and all the hotels surrounding it. Matter of fact, I might even get in the car yet tonight before the sun goes down and grab my camera and go see what I can find over at uh, some of the hotels in West Des Moines. 
All right, sir. You know, the only thing that would make it okay if I miss for missing that is if I if I don't really behave and don't go out all the grab parties I'm supposed to, and instead go take a bite of a really nice apple. Hmm. Wonder what that might mean. Because nobody mm-hmm. likes a bad apple. Oh, I do. We we might get uh, we we might be having uh, one bad apple be a guest with us uh, here in the thumb on Saturday. After that turbocharger no incident, he's it is uh, primary residence, the second residence in Windside, Nebraska. The secondary residence is he is he staying at the secondary residence right now? No, he's actually no. at his main residence, uh, Ryan's Halloween's. Yeah, no, he's, he's, he's oh, not yes. he's not there yet, good, good, but he's, so he didn't actually come home. Mm, I don't think uh, he might be home, but the tractor isn't. Yeah, he's home, but the tractor's here, and it's due to see the doctor for surgery on Monday. What did he do? I actually didn't hear. Turbo. Turbo. Yeah, and he's 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 toying with the idea of bringing it up here in the thumb on Saturday night to to lay down a, a information gathering lap. So, all right, enough of all that. Right. Ryan, thank you for coming on, buddy. We really appreciate it. Looking forward to hearing uh, hearing you come on. Maybe be our uh, Western Series correspondent, keeping the sidetrack crew uh, up to date. Yeah, I can do my best. I appreciate it, buddy. Thanks for coming on and uh, take a part in the rants. This has been fun. So uh, you have a great night and uh, enjoy your time at Red Power. All right. Thanks, guys. My pleasure. Take yeah. care. Yep. Thanks. Bye. Well, I guess this call's over. <sighs> so with that, we're going to take a break here. Or you just want to sign off? Um. Yeah, let's just go ahead and stick a fork in it. My name's Armstead. My name is Posh. Good night. Fuck this shit, I'm out. Mm-mm. Fuck this shit, I'm out. No thanks. Don't mind me. I'ma just grab my stuff and leave. Excuse me, please. Fuck this shit, I'm out. Nope. Fuck this shit, I'm out. All right then. I don't know what the fuck just happened, but I don't really care. I'ma get the fuck up out of here. Fuck this shit, I'm out. That was wonderful. Bravo. I loved that. Oh, it was great. Well, it was pretty good. Well, it wasn't bad. Well, there were parts of it that weren't very good, It though. could have been a lot better. I didn't really like it. It was pretty terrible. It was bad. It was awful. It was terrible. Get him away. Hey, boo. Boo.